0: Heresy and betrayal, these are the words being used to describe the treachery of the War Master Horus and his three brothers Mortarian, Fulgrim and Angron against the innocent Hive world of Istvan III. Once a flourishing planet, now a wasteland, desolate and lifeless. After the Emperor's favored son unleashed the Imperium's greatest weapon, the deadly life-eater virus. However, all is not lost. Some valiant legionaries survive the onslaught, thanks to some quick thinking and a timely warning. Hidden deep within a bunker under the Coral City, these legionaries broadcast the truth across the galaxy. Forever hunted, they have vowed to broadcast as long as possible and remain free. Radio free, Istvan.
1: What's going on, Radio Free Istvan listeners, and welcome to episode 36 of Radio Free Istvan, a Horse Heresy 30K podcast. Uh, my name is Michael. Got my co-host, Ryan, here. Go ahead and say what's going on, Ryan.
2: What's going on, everybody?
1: There you go. Nailed it. And uh, we got a pretty good little episode for you guys today. Uh, we got a normal hobby progress things we're going to talk about. We got some voicemails we're going to listen to. Ryan's got a story he's going to tell that he's basically been holding ransom until we record this episode about a realtor or something. I don't know. Uh, then we got some a shout-out to do. We got an Ultramarines list that we're going to go over. Well, it's kind of an Ultramarines army that we got pictures of. We're going to go over some things about We've it. We've already been over this list. Oh, he's, we're just going to go over an email that he sent in. We'll talk I'll about that a little bit. Uh, then we're going to go over a Stone Gauntlet 3,000-point list, a 1,200-point Alpha Legion list that we're going to bump up 2, to 2,500, Pride of the Legion, a Blood Angels Day of Revelations 3,000-point list. And then by that, you should be uh, tired of hearing our voice at that point, I would imagine. So, yep. uh, so yeah, Ryan, hey, man. What's going on, man? For one, I myself went back and listened to the break the glass episode because i had to like hear it okay i I had to rehear like zach's cop stories man because they were they're cracking me up and then i revisited the shitting rooster tail story and i was just like i didn't realize like it was a whole bunch of family in a canoe when you told the story like like (laughs) so dad, a mom and two kids so man it Guys, if you haven't listened to the Break the Glass episode, you are in for a treat. Like it is for one. You well, to-
2: you're not supposed to like encourage them to waste it already. I mean, we record every week. Like that's supposed to be for like when you're really, you just really run out of podcasts. But like already like 400 people or more have listened to it. Like, have it, they? <laughs> it, it wasn't like very Break the Glass. Like it's getting like just as many listens as like anything else.
1: I got yeah. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> Nobody waits. So, so man, I, I had a super amount. Like I had so much fun on that episode. Like it was because you know you just talk about like I mean we usually generally talk about whatever, but there is some like I guess. Uh,
2: I'd say more than half of our. I mean, every episode we do more than half of it's dedicated to 30k. We do have our little bullshit session, but that's kind of built in and people are used to that. Yeah. Like at the beginning of the show, we always do what what we're doing now and yeah. talk for just like a half hour about random shit and then get on to 30k once we get on to 30k we typically stay on it but that i mean that wasn't designed to be 30k it was just supposed to be you know whatever just to give people something to listen to like something random to listen to
1: i love i love that we had zach on to like kind of kind of like as a guest you know tell stories and shit like that like i want to get more guests that have, like i really honestly and truthfully i want to get scott on like i feel like scott has like so many fucking stories that like yeah yeah him, him, and Chris
2: Duncan would both be funny um, to get on.
1: Yeah, dude, I want to get. If you think you're a very interesting person, I want to get you on. Or if you think you know an interesting person, I want to get them on for a break the glass episode because those are fucking fun and it's just like a just like a normal conversation we get I to have. Somebody else who's cool. I got a
2: buddy named Simon who's, I think he's called an environmental engineer. Uh, he's not listening, so I can't offend him if I get it wrong. But he's like a wildlife expert Uh and he works for a consulting company that they like rent him out to all these other big companies to do like studies and stuff on how to handle any type of like environmental issues or issues with certain animals or whatever. And he like knows like every Indiana bird call and can like duplicate like bird calls. If you're in the woods and he hears a bird calling, he can tell you whether it's a male or female of a certain species I mean like See, no, immediately
1: like, immediately I have so many fucking questions to ask you about that and I'm just like I'm just like he's not here to answer those questions for me like I like there's what the fuck Ryan This <laughs> guy he's awesome too
2: cracks me up um so he would be fun like there I got a I got a lot of uh David we need to get perpetual painting Dave on here He's interesting too
1: This archaeologist ass British
2: guy that has moved to America that's an archaeology, a pottery expert, archaeologist guy, like Indiana Jones style, that now owns a yarn shop, a yarn and knitting shop that also does commission painting. Did, oh, I ever,
1: did, you, did you ever see that picture I posted up where I was like, uh, yeah, you like, were like, he's all, he's all, you never send me cakes. I was like, you're right. I don't. By the way, what is this? And It was just like a random, I typed in uh, ancient pot, and like that showed up. And I was like, "Surely it's a pot." And he goes, "He goes, no. He's like, he didn't put it on a cake. By the way, that's a lamp." And I was like,
2: yeah. "He is an expert. <laughs> he is an expert. He knows what this random
1: image is." He's like, <laughs> oh, By the oh. way, that's a lamp. I was like, "Oh." Uh. Uh, I wish I was. David, I wish I had like cool he's stories. Funny, he's
2: David's a witty dude. You got to watch it. He'll uh, he, he's like one of those guys that can insult you and then you walk away about, and then about four seconds later, you're like, oh, "I think he just like." Cut me a little there. <laughs> that rapier, that rapier worked its way past my guard, and gave me a little stick. I didn't realize it until I got in the other room here.
1: <laughs> He's a black belt and insulting. Yeah, it's pretty funny. So anyway, what you been up to, dude? What what you what you been like? What you been doing, man? Besides the man- the fucking being in the frozen north, I guess.
2: It's not that cold. Just been hanging out with Zach because he came up here, you know, last week or whatever um hanging out with him then doing typical shit going to work we had a lot of you know obviously holiday stuff going to a new year's party tonight
1: did he get to hang out in the
2: basement mm-hmm. the cave yep did, he did, he got to hang out with chris duncan uh chris duncan came over one day and me him and zach uh played some kingdom death and then we went and ate pizza down at mother bears
1: fuck yeah did you get to see all your black cat
2: yeah, he got to see he got to see all my animals, my crazy my crazy white dog and my normal black dog and my coolest shit black cat.
1: I should have I should have asked him about that because like I for those of y'all listening, Ryan's cat drools on you, and I know that sounds like ah, no, it's a cat cat's don't drool. Like I know you think you know what I'm talking about, but you don't. You don't when know he, it happens. I
2: just, like when he gets excited, he just starts drooling like bad.
1: Like vavas everywhere. Just like legit like the 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 fucking the sink is on. Like yeah. <laughs> the the faucet is turned on. Drool is coming out and he's like Yep. Then he rubs his face all over you while you're petting on him. Yeah, he's just trying to get that scent on you. So you're like then he's what's crazy is he's the coolest fuck cat. Like he's this badass cat, super cuddly, like super nice. Like he's like one of the coolest cats I've ever met. But then you're like you you forget you forget that he's like basically uh, covered in, <laughs> in drool, and then he's like, "Okay, it's like yeah, pet me, pet me." Okay, let me rub on you, and you're like, "Oh man, that's a, that is solid wet." That's like I spilled a drink on me. So, yeah, I need to talk to him about that. We hung out last night at uh, Chris's ugly sweater party, so I should have I should have mentioned that. It's funny. Last night we went to Chris's ugly sweater party, right? Yep. And it was. Uh, Me, Zach, Colin, Aaron, uh, Chris, of course, and our buddy Christian, our buddy Greg, and then all of, like, the spouses and girlfriends and all that jazz. And uh, uh, so, like, we were in our own little corner, and all we were talking about the entire time was, like, Warhammer 30K. Like, all we were talking about was Horus Heresy. I was like, this is the kind of ugly sweater party. I wanted to go to (laughs) well it's
2: like me. like it sucks because I don't have anyone else like I'm going to this New Year's party tonight and there's only one other person there to talk 30k with
1: yeah it's it's, oh dude like I can't tell you like how blessed I felt like because you're always worried when you go to a party you're like man like I'm gonna have to like socialize and all that stuff nope it was just talking 30k talking about dreadnought list talk about like the game Zach just played against Josh oh yeah Josh was there I'm sorry I forgot Josh how do I forget Josh I don't know but yeah, dude. So, like, we're just all talking like 30K. And our buddy, our buddy Watts, Christian, he, our buddy Watts and our buddy, uh, Greg, they both played 40K. And when we did the transition over to Horus Heresy, they just kind of backed out of 40K and just stopped playing altogether. Well, now both of them are going to start playing 30K again. Like, they're going to start playing 30K like armies we have until they get into it. And, like, they once like, If you can loan somebody an army, like if you let somebody play your army for a little bit, eventually they're just going to be like, you know what, I'll just do my own thing. And then you got them. Yep. Just like you, Aaron. Just like we got you. (laughs) We got you, son. (laughs) So pretty excited about that, man. What's crazy is there's a whole bunch of 40K players in town that we don't know. There's a bunch of 40K. There's probably like 11 40K players in town that we don't know don't know us like they don't associate with us or anything like that but uh like i don't know how to get them like i don't know how to like transition them over without buying them all like burning across us barrel boxes like i don't
2: i don't know i just play the long game i have a feeling that uh there may be lots of butt hurt soon that drive them to 30k anyway
1: oh yeah but... tau getting an update or what
2: no the new edition
1: oh you don't think that's going to affect us at all? I don't know. Maybe. Oh God!
2: It'll either matter one way or the other. <laughs> Just got to think positive. It'll work out. It'll work out. I don't know. We. I had a long discussion with uh, somebody about that. Like, you know, it. Like, if it's, I have it from a very, 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 very reliable source that the core rules of the game that have been around since third edition like how you roll to hit how you rolled a wound like all that stuff you know how AP works armor saves all that like all that's changing like your' the the current black books and everything that we have for 30k will 100% not be compatible with the new rule set so they're either going to have to go back and rewrite all of that stuff or do their or do their own rule book
1: Wow that's insane like do you have like a timeline
2: what do you mean? Like, it's supposed to be out uh, mid around mid this year, six to eight months. Good or God. this, I'd say this year, it's New Year's Eve. Huh.
1: Well, that's
2: dark. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe. I mean, if it finally, it could set us free, man. It could be like, now 40K's this thing, and the 30K guy's just... Either say keep using the seventh edition book, but we're going to alter and make these changes, or maybe they'll print their own rules to be compatible. I just don't see how you're going to ask them to go back because, you know, book seven will be out by then. Go back and rewrite all the rules and all the stats for every single thing that's come out up until now. Like, how long would that take? Think about it. Like, look how, like, it takes them a year to produce one of those books as it is now and they, they were going to go back and redo seven books worth of rules and shit. I don't see it happening.
1: Hmm. I don't know. It seems like a large change like that would probably be... Um, I, don't, I, I feel like they've got enough community now to where if people wanted to push back against that, saying, we don't want this change, we're just going to play seventh, it would affect games Workshop so much that they would have to appease the shareholders and revert back. Like I feel like that would kinda happen.
2: I don't know. If it didn't with Age of Sigmar.
1: Yeah, it did. People,
2: well they no, people still play ninth age. There's a huge divide in the
1: community. Yeah, but they also brought back points now. They brought the Yeah, the but book the back.
2: fundamental rules of the game are still different. You're still playing on round bases as opposed to square bases in formation and you're still using all the new Age of Sigmar stats that don't have well you can't
1: you can't argue that nothing got changed back because it did based on community like they only were only like, the points only points got added that's the only change that went back which is the first like step I mean you think about they're gonna we're gonna do this this is the direction we're gonna move community hates it so they start giving things back to the community to appease them and so like if without the community. If they didn't listen to the community, there would be no changes coming back to it. So, But what I'm saying is you you would still...
2: That's a moot point. What I'm saying is the core stats, like your core stat line of all the models is different. So, like, I can't play Vulcan because his stats don't match up with the stats I need for the, the new system. So regardless of whether there's points or not, they're still going to have to go back and redo literally every single unit model whatever stats just to line up with the new system so you it'll fit within the rules and you can play it. Mm-hmm. That's what I'm getting at. Like do you really think they're going to go back and do all that? Like I don't Well they did I that th- for Death in the Skies. Uh, I would argue that that's purely for 40K. I don't think it's for 30K. Even the PDF that Forge World put out for those flyers that they make, if you read at the top, it straight up says for flyers in the 41st millennium.
1: Right, but they did do yeah. it. Like they, they still like they appeased Games Workshop by making their yeah, that, flyers available in 40k.
2: It it that took them three or four months to come out with that right. after everybody was bitching about it. And you're talking, it fits on one sheet of notebook sized paper.
1: Yeah, but they did do it. It did happen.
2: Yeah. So that's what I'm saying. Like they're either gonna have to go back and do that. I mean, you don't think that's going to piss off somebody that's got a $1,000 in black and red books sitting on their shelf that all oh. the rules information in that is invalid?
1: Oh, absolutely. And I think and if you're
2: going to play, play the off... game, I have a bunch of shitty PDFs I've printed off the, the internet that has new stats for Vulcan that's just like some shitty printer paper that I've printed out. Well,
1: here's the thing. I don't know how Games Workshop sees their Forge World clientele. Um, like, I look at the way... Games Workshop does their Warhammer community and all that stuff, and I look at the you know their Twitch feed and everything like that, and I notice anything that Forge World produces, they don't have like a. I don't think they think about them at all. Yeah, that's what I'm like. I'm, that's what I'm kind of wondering right now because like I, I like I don't know how they see their their buyers. Like I don't know if they see their Forge World buyers as like in my mind, it would seem that Forge World buyers are the. I don't know if, like, the higher-end clientele because they're buying resin models and they're buying this and that to make these really expensive armies and all this jazz. But then you go and look at the way they cater to... It must be a quantity over quality kind of thing because they make their Twitch feed that for Age of Sigmar. They make their Twitch feed for Warhammer 40K. They don't have a Horus Heresy Twitch feed or anything like that. They have, you know, Duncan painting, you know, only 40K and Age of Sigmar models. There's no Forge World in there. They,
2: they treat it like it's... Uh separate. Like a
1: specialist kind of game, yeah.
2: And um, I know I personally know like actual, like Games Workshop employees that work for Games Workshop Mainstream, mm-hmm. and I'm not saying it's all of them, but I, I'm saying I, I know, this is, this is just fact a few of them that I know personally and talk to don't like Forge World. It's like a rivalry. They think that they're treated like rock stars and they actually don't. Like that department or get mad about it or bitch about it because if they think, like, okay, so imagine you're on the sales team for 40K, right? And you're trying to sell customers models. Well, you have this whole line of models that you don't have access to, that you're kind of competing with yourself. Like, if they put, if Forge World puts out this new towel Riptide that you can only get through Forge World, that guy can't sell it to the customers that he deals with on a daily basis. So he's thinking, why don't we just do this shit in plastic so that I can sell it as a trade model and we can sell X amount more units and get them out the door as opposed to using this star department to do whatever the hell they want and basically sell these models instead of like, like how many plastic night kits did they not sell because everybody bought their Forge World resident ones, I guess. Like that type of shit.
1: Hmm. Yeah, no, that's true. Still to this day. People still buying Serastis chassis over Questorius.
2: So I, I guess it's the same company. They're both seeing the money, but I'm saying employees within the company, there are certain ones that, I, from my personal experience of talking them to them directly, aren't a fan of it, the way it's
1: done. I, I know Games Workshop employees that, like, will do anything in their power to run a 30k army. That's fully GW plastic. Like, yeah, I, I, I've seen that before. I've heard that. Well, before. there's a
2: lot of guys that own, own or run GW stores, like the stores that you go into play that don't want anything to do with Forge World products, or want you to even play Forge World there because they can't sell it in their store. I've so, seen why?
1: Like, I've seen cases that quite a bit actually. Uh, yeah. I wish I knew this which stores it was because. I would totally blast them right now, but yeah, <laughs> I've, I've I've seen where people have said, like, I just got kicked out of this store trying to play, like, a horse heresy game, and I, and I understand what, like, like, I understand that each of these are individually owned stores, one-man stores, or whatever, like, they have the, they can make decisions on, like, who plays on their tables and all that, and I get that if they're not making you money, you know, they're, like, people are gonna see these models that they can't buy in that store. Like, I, I get it. It's like playing fucking... Uh, uh, what's that? Damn it. It's like playing X-Wing in a Games Workshop store. Kind of. Like, not yeah. really, but kind of. Yeah. And it, it just... I don't know, man. It's it's a very... We're in a very weird spot, but, like, speculation-wise...
2: Well, back, back when I played 40K, I actually wanted the companies to intertwine more because it made me mad that... I would go buy this nice Forge World model, like say I bought a Malkador or something and wanted to play it. Like most events would just disallow Forge World out of hand. Right. They would just say we don't want Forge Worlds in it. like that was it was hard to find an event that allowed it. And then a lot of games workshop stores wouldn't let you use it. And it was just kind of like this weird thing, like you bought this expensive model and you could only play it like in these like little one off games with your friends is really when you could use it. Or use it as accounts as. But even then so, you know, they got butthurt about it. But now playing thirty k, because I it's like it's kind of it's definitely its own distinct thing. Now I'm the reverse because now I want I don't want things that the Forge were or the 40 k design studio. I don't want things that they do because they're not <clears throat> ks not on their radar. I mean, I can't prove that. but to me, like if you look at some of the decisions made and how things, whatever, I, I have a hard time believing that the forty k design team when they change something, or design something, gives two shits about how that affects the 30k, you know what I mean? Right. So, I think that it would be better for it's 100% better for 30k, and I actually think it's better for 40k because you got people like me who just aren't, like, I'm just I'm not a fan of Games Workshop Mainstream, I'll freely admit it, I'm just not, I don't like the direction they have taken stuff. And I, I I feel like I'm forced to talk about them because I play 30K and it's entwined with 40K right now. So whenever they do something, I have to, like... Basically, I'm compelled to talk shit about them. Where if they went off and did their own thing, you know what I mean? They're, like, Let me put it this way. There are many other game systems out there that I don't like that I think are bad, but you don't ever hear me shit on them like I shit on 40K on here. Because I don't have to. I don't have to talk about them. Right. But because you've intertwined the two and you're pissing off this whole community it puts a lot of like my opinion that's why a lot of 30k players are negative towards 40k because they feel like they've left 40k or they don't want to play 40k anymore or they don't want to be involved in it but they still want to be involved in the hobby so they move to 30k but you can't escape it it's like it still has its little tendrils in that still continues to fuck with you even though you've left yeah i gotcha so I feel like it would be better for both games if they just split it, man. I mean, just write your own rulebook. I mean, come on, man. Just take take the 7th edition book, rulebook, and copy and paste 90% of it, and then the little 10% that's different anyway, you know, like the, the way Force Orgs are taken and things like that, fix that, change the way psychic powers work. Just change, do, write your own powers. Get rid of that shit. It's, it's garbage. Uh, get rid of all that. Um, rewrite that. But like the core part of it's fine. You know what I mean? Like, take some of the FAQ things that were good that did clean stuff up, integrate that, um, go through and change the language on some things so it's not such a goddamn gray area on a lot of stuff. Um, hire an actual like technical writer or editor that knows how to use the same verbiage repeatedly in every instance where you don't have like three things that should behave the same way, but you've worded it Different on all three pieces, you know what I mean? That they're really bad about that. You know, it's like this and this and this all kind of work the same way. Why wouldn't you use the same language to describe all of it in the rules, but you use different language in everything, which then leads to weird, you know, conundrums? Gray- yeah, like I don't, it's it, um, and and I just feel like a tight uh, that's a whole different subject, but. I don't want to go down that road. But anyway, what I'm saying is it would be if you lock me and you in a, with your computer skills, copy-paste, whatever, and your knowledge of the game and my knowledge of the game you and the, the books that are already exist, if you gave us all the books on PDF and locked me and you in a room in a 40-hour work week, we could put together a heresy rule book.
1: No problem. I'm 100% confident of that. Please don't do that. <laughs> I don't mean? I don't want to do it. I don't want to <laughs> just feeding us
2: pizza and fucking coffee. Well I'm just saying it, it's like it's not that hard. Like it, all the materials written, it's really just a lot of copy pay you know what I mean? That's what I'm getting at. Really the only thing I think that needs to be rewritten from the ground up is psychic powers for 30k. <sighs> I don't think the psychic system that's currently in forty K, just the system itself is good. And I think that the powers are all over the place, power level wise.
1: I got gotcha. you. No, I understand where you're coming from on that one.
2: It, and this this psychic system, just a really short tangent. It's funny <laughs> because
1: some pepper it, on they use the... u-
2: they use this same system in fantasy. Uh, not in the not in the last edition of fantasy that they killed off, but the one before that. Uh
3: huh.
2: Um, it's the same system as that, and it didn't work then. And that's why in whatever the last edition of fantasy was, which was that was so seventh edition fantasy. That's the the magic system for seventh edition is basically the same as the psychic system in 40k. Now, when eighth edition came out, they got sick of all these armies in seventh having like 40 dice and like it was cra- it was out of control. So they changed it the way it worked for eighth. Then they came out with seventh edition, sixth and seventh edition 40k, and instead of using the 8th edition system that they just changed to, they used the 7th edition one that they just moved away from.
3: Mm.
2: It doesn't make any sense. It's like you knew this was shit, that's why you changed it in this other game system, so why did you reuse it in 40k? I don't know. Weird.
1: Don't have an answer for you, bud.
2: So, I don't know. I'm just saying, like, I... With this uh, edition change that's coming up, if it's fundamentally different, I, I, fi- I hope that it finally forces the 30K guys to write, you know, just write their own rule book, even if that just means copy and pasting the majority of the stuff.
1: Yeah, I get you.
2: And then, obviously, worst case scenario, in my opinion, is that it, it changes to match whatever 40K changes to. And then you got to go back and rewrite stats for everything.
1: Dude, how cool would that be if, like, okay, let's say, like, worst case scenario came out they changed the rules it got transferred over to 30k all that jazz I think we can get the the 30k podcaster community to to write a rule book and I mean we'd kind of be the minority players and all that stuff and it would die out eventually but
2: I think we can um, get everybody. The, the problem there is when they come out with new stuff that was never in the old system it's really hard to figure out you know kind of you know what I mean then yeah, you're like sole responsibility to convert it over to the old thing. Like, I don't really want that. Like to me, I, uh, me personally, I, uh, would probably just quit playing if I didn't like the new stuff. No. Cause here's the thing. It may drastically change. And like, let's say they drastically change the rules and it's better. Like the rules could be better, you know, even though it's drastically changed, I guess my point for 30 K is with the speed in which, they put stuff out, which is pretty damn slow. Even if they change 40 K to a new rule set, that is better. It doesn't better. Whether it's better or worse is kind of a moot point to me. It's the fact that you have to then go in and change all the stats for all these things you've already done, which is going to take forever. And then the odds of those being moved over and still performing roughly the same way that they do now in this new system where people's lists still remain enough of the same where they're not going to have to go out and buy a bunch of new shit because that's whether it's better or worse I guess the it's going to come to a point where well I like the rules better but my army doesn't work anymore and I have to rebuy all these books I don't really want to reinvest all this money and time and all this to paint you know you get what I mean yeah so it it's it's going to turn a lot of people off if it changes drastically whether it's better or worse I'm staying optimistic about it.
1: I feel like it'd be alright.
2: Yeah, I don't I don't know. Like th- I could this could all be a totally pointless conversation. What I heard may not even be true. <laughs> Maybe it, it could just be that eighth edition is just status quo, you know, same old stats, same old everything.
1: But that's not what I'm hearing. Keep my fingers crossed, yeah. Let's move on to something more positive. Something happy. I don't think that was negative. I wasn't being negative. It was it was pretty, uh, pretty, pretty foreboding. Why is that foreboding? Because man, talking about like a whole edition change and everything like that, and
2: that doesn't it shouldn't affect us. I just what I'm getting at is, I think that that would be so drastic. I just don't see how anyone in their right mind can go. Well, we got to do this with 30k too. Like you'd have to be a crazy person. Yeah. Which I mean, GW has done some pretty crazy shit, so. I'm not saying it can't happen, but I'm saying I hope that they are smarter than I think they are sometimes and don't do that. That's all I'm saying.
1: I gotcha. Let's move on to hobby progress. Okay. What are you working on, buddy? Still painting uh, Blood
2: Angel veteran tax. I'm down dial. I only got five guys left to do. Well, that's exciting. Yeah.
1: So, so you can get back to painting your black shields, which everybody seems to really like. The very
2: first Black Shield thing I'm going to paint is that when I go back... I want to go back and finish the infantry, but I have to paint that Avenger so that I can use it in Michigan in my Blood Angel army. So I'm going to paint a Black Shields Avenger. I should be able to... I've actually got it primed, and I'm going to airbrush it tomorrow. Um, it's going to be black, so it seems stupid that because I've already primed it black, but the way I'm doing my black on my Black Shields is you paint the model black. Then I take a super dark gray. It's like a charcoal gray.
1: Yeah.
2: I spray it from the top working down, kind of like how we do my red technique where it fades down, but it's just dark gray. And then I do like a medium gray the same way. Zenithal. Zenithal. Is that what that's called? I don't know. Zenithal highlighting. I just call it painting it gray. (laughs) Then, uh, Then I do a line highlight around all the edges with, like, the same medium gray that I sprayed the last coat with, but because it's not diffused through the airbrush and it's, like, applied directly, it's, you know, it's brighter. Right. So when you look at it, it looks like a gray plane. But then I wash the entire plane in known Oil.
1: To bring it all together?
2: To bring it all together, and it blends it all down and makes it look black again. That's how, if you look at the black on my actual black shields on the armor... It's done that way. Like their weapons, if there's black, like on their weapons or like the stocks of their gun, like that's just painted black. Like I just painted it black. But their actual legs, uh, wrists, hands, and helmets and backpacks, it's painted the way I'm talking about. Where I painted several layers of gray with some line highlighting and then washed it. And it's kind of hard to tell in photos, but in in uh, in person, you can really see the shades in it. it looks cool. It really pops. So I'm planning on doing that with my the whole Avenger. Fuck so that. I got a, I got to airbrush it the gray, and then um, so I'm gonna airbrush it the gray and paint all the black on it and all that, and basically it'll like I'll finish it and it'll just be black, and then I'm gonna go back and tape it off and airbrush some red on it.
1: I think it's gonna look really good, dude.
2: So there's several steps to get that look. It'll go um, right right along with your black shields,
1: with that. Little yeah, red.
2: and I think just because it's like black and red, and if you look at my other Avengers, they're like dark gray, um, with some black and red highlights on them. Like I can still use this jet as a squadron leader with like a distinctive paint scheme, and it'll still kind of match the other two.
1: Fuck yeah! Have a brutal ass force. The what? So you have a little brutal force, man. Yeah, it'll be all right. I had some people asking about that orbital salt wing. About the, uh, I I, I guess we'll bring it up some other time. The FAQ questions, I think it's in there. Yeah, it's in the FAQ
2: questions. Um, everybody I've talked to that's really good with the rules agrees, like to a man, that rules is written. The only flyers you can take in a suborbital wing are an Avenger and a, lo- and a uh, Thunderbolt. Right. Because it specifically says, if you want to use a suborbital wing, use the list on page 10. It does not say anything about flyers in your core list. It specifically says, use the list on page 10.
1: Yeah, I saw somebody was using uh, 3N as a suborbital strike wing. Yeah. Oh. And see, that's...
2: You think about that, like that's one of the main reasons I don't think that that it's 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 limited to the other the other two.
1: Kind of interested in seeing how Forge World uh, answers that question. I would like to see lightnings and zyphens in a suborbital strike wing.
2: Yeah. I could see that, but if you allow those by just virtue of saying, "Yeah, you can use flyers in your list," then it's going to go for the Ambulus and everything too.
1: I don't have a problem with that. Don't have no problem with that. Kind of interested in like how that would work, because I guess that was also in a in the email as well. For the price of failure, you know, when does that come into play and all that jazz? Uh well, I guess it only, it's only on some missions.
2: It's only on two of the six missions. We talked about that. It says under Price of Failure that in any mission that includes it, or it says unless specifically, I don't know, basically it says that it's, I got it right here. We can just read it.
1: So you have to kill all three planes for Price of Failure to come into play? Right?
2: Each one is worth a point. It does say that. Oh, okay.
1: Um, special
3: characters...
1: It says that in the Suborbital Strike Wing rules, or in the Price of Failure rules.
2: In the Price of Failure rules, where it gives the breakdown of what different things are worth. I don't have my Act or thing here. I just have the Red Book, and it's not in this. It's okay.
1: I'll look it up later. Okay. If it's uh, if it's one right. point per thing, that'd be tight.
2: Army. Oh, that's secondary objectives. Blood feud deployment maps vanguard.
1: So is that all you've been working on?
2: Yeah, basically just my Avenger and my uh, Blood Angels trying to get them done.
1: It's top notch, dude. It's top notch. Working on these uh, militia over here. Still working on them right now as we talk, actually. A little desert militia guys on top of the Warlord table and the, uh, my Dreadnought Drop Pod Bay Hangar. Finally got that painted up. I actually have a test tile out in the on top of my trash can outside. I'm gonna run different types of uh washes over it to see which ones I need to I need to actually use. I think just good old fashioned what was it, Agrax Earth Shade's gonna work. But I'm also gonna run some Lamia and Medium through it. Hopefully make them look a little bit not super dirty, but you know look good enough to be playable. So,
2: Yeah, just looking right here, only Mission 3, Shatterstrike, and Mission 4, Dominion. If you look under Mission Special Rules, um, it says price of failure under those two missions, and then no other missions
1: as it listed. I gotcha. A lot of events have price of failure, though. Yeah. So it's, I guess it's good for the TO to, quali- to, to determine. If you're a TO listening... Right now, just make sure you, you specify what you mean in price of failure.
2: In my events, I like all my custom missions I write, I, I use it in every custom mission.
1: Yeah. So it is pretty important to clarify it. So, yeah, that's what I've been working on. Cool. Ready to knock out some voicemails? I'm ready. I'll see what we got. I love
2: these. We listened to any of these. Have you listened to them?
1: No. So Uh there there could be some bad stuff in there. I don't. Okay, well,
2: you got to put a disclaimer out there then, guys. We're
1: listening to this the first time, and no, we will not edit it out. So if we're offended, you will also be offended. (laughs) So just don't blame it on us, like,
2: yeah. So, but please don't send us like too much out of control stuff,
1: because we will just delete it.
2: What do you mean, delete it? You just said we weren't going to
1: edit it. No, I'm talking about their stuff. Like, they'll just... Like, if they send us out-of-control stuff. Oh, you're talking about on the voicemail? Oh, no. No. We'll play it. Hi. Okay. Hi. Okay. Hold on, hold on. Hold on. Hold on there, voicemail. All right. You ready? Yep. Yo. Hi. Hey.
0: Is this my butt <laughs> You think you're so tough and so smart. But if you're so great, my daddy my Horus war master, huh? Mm-hmm. I tell you why. Because you and Doran got a stick up your fucking five mark buttholes, that's why. You think you're so smart. You and old one eye. Well, you're both going to get one in your old brown eyes, what you're going to get. It don't matter who this is. No, it ain't, Lord R. No, it ain't. Look. You can't see past the impersonal asshole in your nose. But you will see the big picture. Look up. That's me sitting in your. Just ate
1: Lorgar. <laughs> so right. that that was definitely not Lorgar. I think it was what you could tell there. <laughs> that was interesting, man. Uh, so it sounded like somebody was mad that Horus was turned to the emperor or to the, uh, the war master, and they weren't picked. Uh, so, yeah. What do, you, what do you think about that one? <laughs> Um, I don't know. I think
2: it's, like, I, I, I don't know. <laughs> There's some of it I didn't understand.
1: He said, uh, hey, this is for Butthead. <laughs> like, what? <laughs> All right, cool. Love it.
2: <laughs> we'll, have to, we'll have to have Ivor's Tim uh, surgically break it down like he did the other one, where he gets his notepad and paper out and gets in his fucking FBI surveillance van and re listens to it, like, 35 times, and... Uh, no, like uh, like a stenographer and
1: breaks it all down and writes it down. He's like, look, he's like, look. When you when you break out this frequency, you can hear the background that you hear that popping in the engine. He's driving a car. That's a and 2008 uh, Chevy Silverado. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> now <laughs> it's a late late year because it didn't have these. Po- like, holy fuck, Tim. Calm down, bud. You
2: have to throw in that it's probably driven by Bigfoot and leaving
1: Kim Trails or something. <laughs> like reptilian toys. It, <laughs> it, it, it comes off really fucking smart. You're like, holy fuck. And then he's like, yeah. And that's when he's changed his shape. Fuck, Tim. <laughs> God damn it. <like, laughs> you're so good. It was, you're so spot on. <laughs> uh, we love you, Tim. All right. Here's the other one. Here's another one. We actually have one, two, three, four of them. This is a long one. I think this is from Kenny from Combat Combat Phase.
2: Mister Let's
1: See who's he got.
0: Hey guys, this is Kenny from Combat Phase. This is my first voicemail I'm ever leaving on a podcast ever. Unless I did it when I was drunk, I don't remember. Then in that case, I'm wrong. But um, I'm, as you know, when you listen listening to your show. And I want to thank you guys for coming on the uh, the Horsey, Decade of Horsey uh, um, Horsey, <laughs> like Morrissey, The Decade of Horsey uh, uh, podcast uh, around the world, different podcasts, and everything it was really great to to hear about the community and um, the cultural exchange. And you guys were a big example I used throughout the entire episode. So thank you for that. Um, it's doing very quite well around the world. Uh, but my question is, I haven't actually sent in a list ever. I'm very good at being fluffy, but I have like no concept of doing a competitive list. And uh, for my Death Guard, I have some models I've never used. And one of them is the Typhon Siege Tank. Uh, for that matter, I've also never used type in the character. So <laughs> I'm trying to figure out what to do with that. And I have a lot of Terminators, and I have a shit ton of infantry from all the boxes. But I'm going to send you guys some lists to do 2,000, 2,500, and uh, 3,000 points for Death Guard uh, with a mod like to play. But I'm trying to find out an army that would work for me using the Typhon Siege Tank. I've been playing a lot of teaching games, so I don't want to screw anybody over, and I feel kind of weird trying it for the first time against somebody who's new. So I'm going to ask you, and you can just roll it in when I send you guys the list if you want to answer it then, about making up a list for the Death Guard that includes the Typhon Teach Tank. And, you know, fuck it, Typhon as well, too. I'll put a both in there because I've never used either one of them, and I would like to. So thank you very much. I enjoy the show, and I look forward to your answer.
1: Damn, dude. Typhon with a Typhon? I a- hear you like Typhon. We're going to put Typhon on your Typhon. <laughs> we're going to make Typhon driving your Typhon. So
2: I-, I got his uh, list of stuff right here. Uh, I, I've already talked to him a little bit on Facebook Messenger. I told him because uh, of the holidays and me doing all these other lists that we're doing on the show that I'll, I'll sit down and give him a breakdown. Of, yeah. Because uh, he gave, has me a list of... He gave me... What he wants to use, what he's used at least once in other games, what he owns but hasn't used, and what he wants to buy. This is a professional fucking email right here. This is how you do it, folks. This is it.
1: (laughs) Post that online. Like, we'll scan it. (laughs) It's edited. Like, he had it read. Like, he had it proofread. I'll
2: I'll sit down. I'll take take care of you, Kenny. We'll sit down and uh, I'll break this stuff down for you and tell you, like, uh, how I would use all these things and you know, what give you some ideas for stuff. And then I'll write you a couple generic lists, but I'll give you an individual unit breakdown of what you got listed here so you can write your own list and incorporate stuff on your own.
1: And also guys, if you haven't heard us on the combat phase podcast, Kenny did a massive like what eight hours, right? It's an eight hour episode. Yeah. With like uh Aaron Nimsky Bowden, like Gavthorpe.
2: People way more uh important than us.
1: Yeah, dude. And and he squeezed us in there. Like we're in there too. <laughs> And he's yeah, got like... we're like a Dingleberry hanging off the bottom of the episode. But... Like, <laughs> like, are you implying that like the like the episode is like a giant turd, and we're just like the Dingleberry? are Huh?
2: I don't know. Maybe like I should. We're, if that we're a Dingleberry,
1: bad. then what is the
2: rest of the episode like? What? We're okay. So it's okay. So the episode. Forget the Dingleberry. Let's not think about Dingleberries.
1: Okay, fair enough.
2: So the episode is like a Victoria's Secret supermodel. Okay. And we're like the, the pimple blemish on her ass.
1: Okay. That works. I was going to say, like a majestic. I mean, you, you, you still would. You still would, but and there's that, a pimple on it. And that pimple, it's not like if you saw it, you're just going to be like, ew. But you're going to keep, like, not, it's not going to bother yeah, you. Yeah, it
2: ain't going to stop nothing.
1: Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, go check out Combat Face. Go find him on Facebook, guys. Give him a like. Super nice dude. Super nice dude. Super fun guy yep. to talk to as well we need to get him on yeah kenny kenny we'd like to have you on buddy this is our invitation hit us up right now if you want to come on the show yeah even though this isn't live and now well well, i'm just saying
2: minutes to ask or we're not ever gonna have you
1: on i'm just saying now we'll know it's like does he listen (laughs) got him listen all right he
2: listens double time i wonder what my voice sounds like in two times speed Oh, does he? You know that he listens he told me that he listens to all of his podcast at double speed so he can listen to more shit.
1: I listen to one half speed, one and a half. Like one point five.
2: Yeah. I thought he said double.
1: Yeah, I don't listen to double. Like everything sounds all squeaky and quick at double speed. I listen to my books at one point five too. Huh,
2: that's weird.
1: It it you don't realize it. Like it sounds weird at first, but then when you're actually like doing it, it doesn't. Like your brain keeps up. It adjusts. Maybe your brain. <laughs> you go, what is all this? What? Are you talking like mice.
2: Bail-bail. I like walking to an Applebee's. I'm like, damn, this shit's nice. No. <laughs> but baby, go get my blazer. <laughs> <laughs> Mommy, you don't take goat's teeth around here? We just trade goats. Teeth. I got three bushels of corn and a goat in the back of my truck. We can trade for this y'all burger. Y'all don't take bouillon? <laughs> All Hang right. on, i got to pick up this gold. I got buried in the back of my yard. <laughs> I'll be back. I don't trust this green paper
1: shit the government gives me. <laughs> so this next one, I know what this next one is. And we actually, Zach talked about it on the Break the Glass episode where he left a voicemail. <laughs> but it but, cut off. But it cut off, so we'll, we'll play. Merry Christmas, Radio Free Freestyle listeners. Michael and Ryan love the show. This is Zach from the Legion. Okay, cool. Thanks, Zach. Thanks, Zach, thanks for telling us. Merry Christmas. Cool. <laughs> he said he like he had like a whole long voicemail he tried to record, and he didn't know that it didn't like, <laughs> and that it didn't cut off. Poor Zach. Uh, so this next one, I think this is from Giancarlo. Hey,
0: it's John in El Paso. Um, just listened to the new. Uh, you- Uh, podcast. I like you guys doing, just, you know, that little uh, off thing for what we run out of our podcast. Just my only advice would be in the future that uh, you do something to prevent Ryan Timmel from going into detail about obscure movies. Like, Jesus, did he study that thing? Was that like his fucking major in college? (laughs) Uh, Willow 101? Anyways, uh, Give up good work, and uh, can't wait to uh, see you
2: guys in March. <laughs> I've gotten a lot of shit for that. Can a guy not like Willow?
1: Like, what the fuck? <laughs> no, no, people can like Willow. You studied Willow. <laughs> like, no, you... <laughs> I
2: didn't. I've seen it, like, a handful of times. I mean, it's from the fucking 80s. I've seen it more than once. I don't, like, watch it every weekend. I've not watched it. The last time I probably watched it was over was years ago. Probably two or three
1: years ago. <laughs> Honey, lock the doors. We're watching Willow. We're watching Willow. <laughs> it's a Willow weekend.
2: <laughs> now, one of, my, one of my few self-professed talents I have an extremely good memory.
1: Yes, that's true. So. <laughs> well, I didn't have... Like, I feel like I don't even have to watch Willow, and I know the plot line of Willow, so... Well, it was just funny because,
2: like, watching your guys' faces, I could tell you thought it was funny. So then, like, the more, the longer I went on, because I'm kind of an entertainer, I like to entertain people, I got more detailed on purpose because it was, you know, kind of funny to hear you guys laugh about, like, how I knew all the characters' names and shit. So
1: if y'all, it was, me. If it was y'all, just me showing off. If y'all don't know what we're talking about, in the Break the Glass episode, Ryan has a full rundown of the Willow episode, of Willow, the movie. <laughs> If you, if you listen if, like if you make it past that there's some cool cop stories after that but I mean you get, you're gonna get a full breakdown of Willow <laughs> <laughs> you got it you gotta you gotta get there I, I didn't bring it up but somebody else brought it up <laughs> I forget, I think Zach brought it up yeah <laughs> Zach's like I don't really know what happened in Willow I've seen Willow Zach, but I don't Zach really know. like
2: Zach like threw it up there like it was the lob and I like caught it in midair. And it was like I hung there from the free throw line. Uh, and then, you know, jammed it and it just hung off the rim for ten minutes.
1: <laughs> People were like, can we get the... Okay. No, <laughs> we get it. We get it. <laughs> he's really proud of his... Okay. Hello, knowledge. <laughs> so stupid. Okay. So thank you, Giancarlo. Giancarlo is with the Perils of the Wallet. Face- the YouTube. Why
2: can't couldn't my parents, like, give me a cool name like that? Like, he's like... His name is like it just sounds so exotic and cool. Like I imagine him like walking into a room and just panties just dropping.
1: <laughs> did we ever? <laughs> did we ever tell you about that guy? That kid man, his name is Johnny Wilds.
2: Yeah, we talked about that before.
1: Nuts, right? Like that's yeah. a cool fucking name. We got
2: like basic. We just got like basic names. Yeah, I Ma- like your last name
1: Montalongo. That sounds exotic. Yeah, I've always said if I have a child, he's gonna be Giovanni Michael Montalongo. Oh, that's fucking awesome! Like fuck in that, yeah. like that is like powerful, oh, yeah. fucking name. That's powerful. <laughs> yeah. That's legit. Like when the teacher is going to go give him a C, she's like, "Oh yeah, he's a he's a Giovanni <laughs> Montalongo." I'm not gonna. <laughs> I don't want to make that call. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> fuck yeah. that up to a B. That's like
2: something like you become somebody's boss, and it's like, "Oh, did you hear our new our new boss's name?" <laughs>
1: Giovanni. Like, you know, they they already know, and then it's like he just like the goes dude, up to like, people. He,
2: like, somebody other than a name like that, you can't, like, own anything that's not, like, a fucking Tom Ford suit, you know, and a Rolex. Like, you just, you don't play. Like, John, somebody named
1: Giancarlo don't play. But yeah, you know like, I, mean? I can't, like, the first time I saw, like, because he goes by John. And, like, the first time I saw, like, that's he's... shut
2: fuck up. You're fucking up, bro. <laughs> don't do that. No, man. You're like, like, no, 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 no. I'm not John. I'm Giancarlo.
1: Giancarlo. Yeah. <laughs> fuck yeah. Like the problem is like you like a uh, Giovanni could never have like a well I guess he could like Gio like, like a, no I'm saying like a blue collar like job like a like a blue collar Oh like,
2: no like well you don't need one you're <laughs> you Giovanni I like, always
1: I always joke around with my friends that your first name like sets you off like that is like one of the biggest things that like can propel you in life you know like there's there's certain names that are like alpha names like powerful as names well, like, will... are you
2: trying to say, like, if you're, um, like a Pete yeah, you're or something have... like that, that you're like a plumber
1: or something? Is that what you're saying? No, I'm just going to say that you're probably not. How many powerful Pete do you know? Powerful no offense, Pete. Pete. No offense, Pete's out there. Like, <laughs> I wasn't going to say any <laughs> Well, name. Pete
2: happens. He's fucking awesome. Oh, yeah.
1: But his name's Peter. Yeah.
2: yeah. Well, the fucking guy, the dude that runs Games Workshop, it is his name like fucking Kevin or something. Hey Kevin. Oh, like, yeah. That's not a CEO
1: name. That you're right. That is but that's like you say that, that's not a CEO name. Like I think of Kevin as like this dude I like party with. Like Kevin sounds like a cool dude. I like to it's go like, hang out hey, with.
2: Hey Kevin, pass the bong in the Cheetos. Yeah. Not
1: hey Kevin, we have a meeting <laughs> in the fucking top floor of the building. <laughs> okay, we need to talk about these rules, these FAQ questions. You know Kevin ate some of our cake, bro. <laughs> you know, you know Kevin was down for that fucking cake. Fuck he left his roach next to the cake. We know it's him. What did I see the other day, man? Oh yeah, it was it was like this 60 year old dude named Kevin, and like he was like a, an employee at HEB, and he like came up and he's like, he's like, Hey man, uh yeah, I can get you a cake. And I looked at his name tag and I was like, Kevin? Like what? Like, that's like in my mind, that name didn't exist for old people. I was like, "Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, okay, Kevin, sure." Like you look like a Bernard, but all right, a Bernard. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so yeah, Giancarlo, cool name, bro. Perils of the wallet. <laughs> but yeah, my son Giovanni will be, like, I'm gonna name him Giovanni, and he's gonna go <laughs> by Michael. Yeah. Why?
2: Why do that? You gotta go by Giovanni.
1: Because he can tell people that's not my real name. My real name's not Michael, it's Giovanni. And you're like, oh, oh, you're you're the you're the family. You're part of the family. <laughs> <laughs> Even though like I don't have like an Italian mafia family. Like <laughs> Thanks, family. <laughs> 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 not taking advantage. All right. So anyway. I've been like super stoked for this. You sent it to me. This is from Scott, the same guy that gave the chlamydia story. Chlamydia cat story. And the chlamydia cat story. He, this is another story. And it's titled Porta Shitter Story. Yep. I'm really excited about this.
2: Should have called it Cookie Monster.
1: What the fuck? You fucking like, why? You, like, whoa, whoa.
2: <laughs> Just play it. That's, but that should have been the title of it
1: Porta Shitter Story. Or Cookie Monster story. This is gonna this you is gonna bring them together. Yes. All right, guys. That's it for this episode. <laughs> Just like totally dangler in front of him. What the fuck? <laughs> All right, cool. I'm excited. I haven't heard this, guys. So I'm gonna be equally as like excited as you guys are. So let's see. All right. Oh god.
4: All right, Ryan, Michael, uh, Scott again. My sultry southern tones coming to tell you another crazy army story all right this one uh i spoke to ryan about it a little bit happened in a place called fort polk louisiana at jrtc and uh anybody who's ever been in the army or anything knows that Units typically rotate down to this really swampy, shitty death trap called JRTC annually. You spend about a month down there doing, um, force on force training. Well, the story isn't about all that. Really shitty, unfortunate things happen to people at this place. It's just like a center of misery. Well, so we're down there and, um, I was in an infantry battalion and in the infantry battalion, it's not just infantry guys, it's uh, you, you have like support personnel attached to you. Well, one of these guys was our supply supply dude for the company and he was a pretty big fuck up a window licker and he had been <laughs> in the military like 18 fucking years or something and was an E4 he had done like breaks and service and shit and gone from the reservist to the active army and all this stuff and just wasn't really going anywhere. Well anyway we're at JRTC and uh, we're training and there's like a helipad there and which is like a big gravel pit where Chinooks land and when a Chinook comes in and it banks it puts off a lot of air thrust and it'll knock shit over and blow things sideways and all that. Well we're We're waiting for uh, Chinook to come in and pick us up to take us to, like, a range where you'll do, like, a faux air assault mission against another force. Well, this fucking supply dude, uh, we'll just call him Joe, he, uh, it's the middle of the day, and it's hot as shit down there during summer. I mean, hot, humid. It's Louisiana.
3: Mosquitoes are the size of hummingbirds. It's terrible. (laughs) So, this guy,
4: apparently, there were two, like, a johns, like chemical toilets. You see, a construction site out by this helipad, and apparently this dude was walking out to him to go go take shit or something when one of these schnooks came in to pick us up. And while he was in there, the schnook came in and banked and blew this thing over, and it blew it over, door down. Oh no. So he, us up and takes us away well i hear kind of through the grapevine that this dude was trapped inside this knocked over chemical toilet for like hours until someone finally heard him screaming and they went over and tipped it over and he got out just straight up covered in shit and blood and blue sanitizing chemicals and uh he was like the, the cookie monster. That's what everybody <laughs> called it from that point on. So there's that story. Hope you guys are having a good one. Had a good holiday. And uh, keep up the good work.
3: <laughs> Holy fuck. <laughs> uh,
2: so well, not only did that happen, but then your nickname for life for everybody that you served with, called they call you the cookie monster, which brings it right back to what happened. <laughs>
1: the fucking hours. Like... People don't like that's like that's PTSD right there, bro. Like you could <laughs> never go into a porta shitter like ever again. Like you could not go to Skidoo can.
2: Well, for Scott added because we were I after I because I listened to it, because um, he, he wanted me to listen to it just to make sure the sound quality was good. That's and great. I listened to it was laughing, so I hit him back and I said, uh, "Well, how do you like? How long was he in there? Do you have any idea?" And he goes, "Well, he had to be treated for dehydration." Oh, my God. So that's how long he was... Because it's hot, and you're in this fucking plastic box with the sun beating down on you. Obviously, if it's on a helipad, they have the you know, trees open. and shit wide open. So this he basement. was in there long enough, and it was hot enough, sitting, like, laying laying, in shit for so long <laughs> that you have to be treated for... Okay. And I guess he had a big cut across his forehead where, it, where when it tipped over and blew him, he hit his head. So that's why he said he was covered in blood. He forgot to say it in the story. But I uh, guess he had a big cut
1: on his forehead and we had to be treated for dehydration. Could you... Dude, like, I'm trying to put myself in that situation. After, Why would you want to put yourself in that situation? <laughs> after... Oh, dude, hold on. <laughs> like, right here, like right in the bottom of my throat, like, I'm trying to, like, say what I do, but I'm thinking about... Hold on. Ugh, oh, okay. Ugh. Oh, yeah, I'm thinking about... After I threw up for five... I feel like I'd throw up five times. Like, I think, like... Just from the smell and being covered in shit. After I threw up that first five times, everything in my body would be used to push up against that sidewall and try and flip that fucker over. Or like something, dude. I would try so hard to like break. Well the open problem that is porta can.
2: all the solids oh, don't that are say in it. that tank. Oh, and then it sloshes so, now, hang back. On. they oh. sloshes. They're gonna slosh out, but then they're gonna hold the weight oh. on the bottom so it's weighted. And then your weight is laying on it, and depending on like how it fell and how it's wedged, it's gonna be pretty hard to get that thing to roll. <coughs> <laughs> 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 okay, we gotta move on. Michael's gonna puke, we're gonna have to stop
1: the episode. <sighs> I was thinking, like, oh, dude, don't Why? think about it. Why are we talking? <laughs> like, in my head, I'm like, oh, it's cool, all the piss and stuff will like flow out, and then I'm thinking about it, then you're just. Ugh. <laughs>
2: This is not, this is not staged.
1: I'm looking at Michael, you can't see him, but he's like legit gagging. Oh, dude, I'm just, oh, like I keep, like, cause, like, <laughs> I work, I work oil field, man. Like I've, I've, I've been in a skiddo can in the summer. Like you don't want to be in there when everything's nope. not on you. So yep. like, if that sucker flow, oh my God. <laughs> so funny. Oh man. I hope that guy's a listener, call in to tell your story, please. Cookie like, monster. Oh man, that's horrible. Oh, okay, I'm back. I'm collected. Man, my eyes are watering from. Like, I, just, I see it. Oh, that's hilarious. But Jesus Christ, that poor guy. <laughs> guys, if y'all have stories, please call in and let us know. Like these, these are so good. I love here. That's why I want to have him on one of the break the glass episodes, man. He's. Every time that dude calls in, it's like spot on beautiful. Thank you so much, Scott. You're you're a great person. Ugh. Okay, I'm back. Ugh. Anyway, you ever you have a story you want to tell?
2: Yeah. So yeah. this is this is this didn't involve me. Like sorted it. Of so my mother in law. Um, you've seen the house? I d- I drove you over there. Like they just yes. bought this new house. Up like there for right me. down the
1: street from me. Yeah.
3: They've not
2: moved out of their old house yet. They're like in the. They're kind of moving their shit down here, but they're they own two houses right now. Okay, so their old house is on the market, um, but they're still living there, and they're like slowly moving things into the new house. But they have showings, you know, for this house. So, like when you have a showing, when you know you own a house and you have a showing, you leave, and the people who come to look at it bring their realtor and they schedule an appointment for X amount of time, and they're there, and you're gone because I don't, you know, it's weird to have the owner of the house around when you're looking at a house
1: yeah so
2: they you know look around do their thing and then they leave after you know the appointment and then you you know can come back home so typically you're only supposed to make like a one hour appointment you know usually you're gonna see everything you need to see you know walking around the house well within an hour and then you leave and the people can come back right so i guess these people this realtor, it's kind of weird anyway, they made a, it was either two or two and a half hour appointment. So my mother-in-law was kind of already thinking, "As eh, a little weird, but whatever, like we'll just leave and go do whatever. Two and so a half hour appointment? I think it was two, I think it was two hours. So it was two hours. So they all leave. So they're gone. So her husband comes back after two and a half hours and they're still there. So they come walking out and like start like making small talk with my father-in-law and he says they're acting really weird, like really weird.
1: Oh, like it already. And, okay.
2: And uh he can't figure out why they're acting so weird whatever. And then he said the other weird thing that he noticed was there's only one car. Well, typically, you know, like if I'm going to buy a house and it's like me and my wife are going to go look at a house like you meet them there.
1: All, you don't like. You
2: meet them there. They drive separate. These two people got into the same car and left. So they're already like, "Wow, what the fuck?" So, Mary Ann, my mother in law, and all them, they, she came back and they were talking about how weird it was, and they already didn't like it, and she already kind of complained to the her realtor because this was a different realtor that came and showed them like the realtor that they have. Um, so she called her own realtor and said, "Hey." do you know this other realtor? And she's like, yeah. And they're, she explains to them the appointment thing and all that. She's like, well, that's weird. You should never need more than an hour. Like, I didn't realize when I signed off on it that it was going to be that long. And she's like, yeah, whatever. So anyway, like, two or three days go by. This is right around Christmas time. They're going to watch, They every year they watch uh, Christmas Vacation with Chevy Chase and shit. Right. <clears throat> uh, so... My brother in law Adam, he's looking for his movie and he can't find it. So tells his, you know, goes and gets Marianne, my brother in law, and says, "Hey, I can't find this movie. They're looking for it." She goes, "Well, check in your DVD player. Maybe it's in your DVD player." So he opens the DVD player and he's like, "What the fuck? What is no, this?" No. He's saw like, "What do you mean?" He's like, "This isn't mine." And he pulls it out. It's a. It's a porno. No. Oh yeah.
3: Oh god.
2: Connect the dots here. So, this the people that showed up was a man and a woman. Uh, one was a realtor, the other one is a quote unquote customer. And uh, they made this two hour appointment to see this house. And,
1: uh, you know, connect the dots there on your own. <laughs> and they would have got away with it too if it hadn't been for. <laughs>
2: So, i have to tease Adam next time I see him about, like, did he burn his mattress? Like, what's going, like, is in his room.
1: Oh, man, dude, like, what? <laughs> <What's> he- <laughs> it's like uh, Wolf of Wall Street, where, like, <laughs> there's just, like, a big old <laughs> orgy in his house. He's like, he's like, where were they? Where were they fucking? Right there? <laughs> he, like, gets up, like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why did you say something? <laughs> it's so funny, man. I
2: laughed so hard. I was like, I'm not even mad at him. That's some funny shit. Oh man! Like, think about the setup.
1: Like, I'm going to get my realtor license. Brilliant. It's fucking brilliant. That's what it is. <laughs> like, are you shitting me? Like, it's, it's like, oh, I got this house we can knock it out in. Hold on. <laughs> <laughs> that's so funny. Wait, I, but for one, for starters, two and a half hours. Good. Good job, buddy. Good job, Mr. Realtor. <laughs> well, like, what do they do? Is it like
2: a role play thing? Is it like they're in a stranger house? Like, you know what I mean? There's got to
1: be something, dude. It's got to be some, like... Weird kinky thing? Some weird kinky I'm thing. <laughs> it's so funny, though. We found a porno and a raccoon mask. <laughs> I don't know. That's crazy, dude.
2: Well... So- the other thing is, it was three days later before they discovered this, so I didn't really push the matter. But I'm thinking in my head, I'm like, "Did you sleep in this bed, Adam?
1: Like, these sheets weren't changed." I'm guessing maybe <laughs> they needed the full two and a half hours because they like they did the deed, and then they were like, "All right, come on, let's go wash these blankets and stuff." Yeah, that's no, the that total, didn't total that didn't optimistic. Like- you really?
2: Yeah, <laughs> that didn't like so. Imagine like you're a sleazeball dude that does that. Like what? Like, but now you're gonna be Johnny Nice guy and wash the sheets? That like, nah. You uh, probably took his pillowcase and like used it to clean up.
1: He's like, oh, dabbing it out, dabbing, dabbing it out. The <laughs> man, dude. I'm gonna set up cameras if I ever sell a house. Like. <laughs> I bet you that's the thing, dude. I bet you like that, like is just total common. And then like people just didn't know. Like I bet you that's totally common. Did they Did they tell you, their realtor like, hey?
2: Well, my I haven't. Heard, so when they first when they told when my mother in law first talked to her realtor, they just complained that they were there for so long. Right. And then they didn't leave because normally when you go to a house, whether you want it or not, there's a little feedback sheet, and you're supposed to put feedback on it just to be polite like why you didn't like it or what you, what you did like to help to push selling points so that you can sell your house it's kind of like a thing and they didn't they didn't fill out
1: any of that they just put creaky bed bed too creaky bed too- <laughs> DVD <laughs> player froze just,
2: um, so yeah so anyway it was just like a weird situation so she called a realtor and complained about it and then they didn't find the movie till later and I don't think she's talked to a realtor since they found the movie
1: well, when you get some follow up to that, our listeners would like to know because I want to <laughs> know. <laughs> uh, that's so wild, dude! But believable. There's some crazy people out there, man. I I've seen the movie. I di- well, I didn't
2: see the like. I haven't watched the movie, but I've seen the. Cover oh, of the movie. Oh, you're like it's it's pretty great It's a crazy movie.
1: <laughs> <laughs> All right.
3: It's Indian.
2: It's Indian, like from the cotton of India. <laughs> Michael's laughing. It gets better. Uh.
1: <laughs> okay, I'm gonna pull up this uh, this Ultramarines list. Let's move on to some list, bud.
2: That's not a list. But go ahead. Do it. The ultramarine thing is in a list. Like uh, we already did.
1: email. I'm sorry. Ultramarine email. Oh, I'm still. I'm still stuck on that porta potty thing. My heart hurts. You've actually, ruined, man, Scott. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking about that poor guy, dude. Like i so. Actually, hold on. We had a we had a, a Facebook shout out. We had to hit up first. That's where I'm actually gonna go. Pulling it up right now, fellas.
2: Um, Zach got to eat all the good Indiana treats that you didn't get to eat because you were sick.
1: I heard that, dude. He's more Indiana than I am.
2: The first Texan to take down the Tenderloin.
1: Oh, I'll take down that Tenderloin. Don't you worry about that. Okay. So we got a Facebook message from David Robinson. He says, hey guys, I commented on the fluff post but not sure if anyone saw it. Episode thirty-five. There was a South Jersey player looking for dudes. I love. It. I live in Wilmington, Delaware, and drive in the Tri-State area. I'm guessing Tri-State area for games. Thirty K is kind of lackluster here, but getting some forty K converts slowly but surely. One of the newest members is to the Grang Legion and grew up with Ty Fin Cairo. See what he did there? Yeah. Oh. 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 Their real name. Ty Fin Cairo. Finn Cairo. Oh, oh, wow, David just, I guess he meant to release that to us, but now you all know. David miss missed be- Finn Cairo. Yeah. He dragged back to Games Workshop after the Betrayal Cal set box came, he dragged me back to Games Workshop after the Betrayal Cal set came out. Now I'm driving up to Chicago with him and helping with the events. It escalated quickly. If you want to pass my info along to him, that would be great. He can reach out on Facebook or email me at e6th at Gmail, if you only have his email, thanks. Uh, okay, so I'm not really sure what. So he wants us to pass his information over to Finn.
2: No, no, I think the guy the guy was sh- there was a guy a while back.
1: Oh yes, that's right. Okay, okay, I'm on I'm on board now. Yeah. Okay, so episode thirty five. Oh, who was that? Hold on, hold on. Screenshot was it or was it a Facebook? I feel like it was a Facebook, bud.
2: we connect the dots, la la la. Connect the dots. Remember that on Pee Wee Herman.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah, Pee Wee, like the, the general episodic breakdown of Pee Wee Herman.
1: I can do Pee Wee's Big Top like I did Willow. I don't even know what Will- uh, Pee Wee's Big Top is. What? So, you're too young for Pee Wee Herman. Not I watch Pee Wee Herman. I watch Wee's Big Adventure. Yeah, so we will forward your information off, David. So like we, we'll get that we'll get that sent out. Not a problem at all. Did anyway. you find it? No, I'll find it in my emails. Okay. I, I screenshotted the the message. Okay. And I'm just gonna forward it to uh
2: for dudes making connections, swiping left.
1: Okay. Now I'm looking for Christian's ultramarine email. Can't find that, yep. buddy. Ordered it to you. Oh, so it came from Ryan. Nope, that's Jack. That's Stone Gauntlet list. Yep, save that one. We're going to get one. Yeah. Requested picks? Yeah. Nope.
2: The name of the email is Ultramarine 2500 Points of Cool Models and I forwarded it to you.
1: Listen, guys, just to let y'all know. There it is. December 21st. It's been sitting in my email for a minute. Okay. Maybe, so I, Do I just read this is, off? or
2: Is pictures attached to it?
1: Yeah, a bunch of pictures. First shipment of Forge World plus Cal. Some guys have been yep. painting to get into the Holy fuck, this dude can paint. It's awesome, isn't it? Oh, uh, I wish I could see this. Oh, Mark Seven. You can put it on the put it on the Facebook page. Badass, dude. Yeah, we'll go ahead and put these on the Facebook page. I'll get them saved right now. Actually, I'll put them on the Facebook page right now. Uh, so they'll be able to timestamp when we're when we're actually recording this episode.
2: Look pretty awesome.
1: Yeah. Okay. So I will get that done. We'll get your pictures up. Jack Hadley, Stone Gauntlet List. You ready for that? Yes. Let me get
2: it right here. shuffle my papers so I'm official.
1: (laughs) Hey, Ryan. My name is Jack. See, they know when they send lists in. They're like, Ryan, Mr. Ryan.
2: Oh, wait wait till you read the rest of this email. (laughs) Let's skip what you're saying
1: there and read the rest of the email. (laughs) My name is Jack from the Wastelands in Australia, and I've been listening to your podcast since I got back into the hobby a few months ago. Thanks to Michael's soothing voice and your nasally tones, I'm now a 100% <laughs> dedicated 30K player. I appreciate that, Jack. <laughs> anyway, some guys are organizing an event in March down in the southwest of Western Australia. The southwest of Western Australia. So that's like super west, super south. In a town rumored to be run by locusts. <laughs> <laughs> I mentioned the mission. Get on back. it, Tim.
2: Get on the, get on the job. I imagine Tim putting on his fucking Sherlock Holmes hat and a fucking magnifying glass and like stomping around the desert looking for clues of locust men. Locust town.
1: I mentioned the mission pack you made for your recent event. I was wondering if you'd be able to send me a copy through for ideas. While I'm here, I can't pass up the chance to get my list looked at over by 30K's number one analyst and Michael. Gotcha, buddy. <laughs> Bear in mind, I wouldn't normally run a list like this, but I feel it's reasonably powered considering what I'm likely to see at this event, being that it's 3 to 3.5K. Three this list is based around the resilient, hard-hitting Siege Force. I don't own all the models yet, so if you have some good ideas, I can always swap things out. Keep up the good work, guys. I know what I am. <laughs> I, I I know what I do. So, all right. So you got a Imperial Fist Stone Gauntlet list. Let me use my beautiful voice to read this off enhance 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 <clears throat> enhance work work I was dude, dude. okay real quick I was super drunk last night okay I wasn't super drunk I was buzzing and okay. so like I just kept saying did you ever play Warcraft 3 no no oh. okay well when you play orcs your little peons that you have like the little like orc peons With builders or whatever every time you click on them and tell them to do something, they go, be happy to work, work. Like that's like, that's like the, you click them and they just, sounds keep like saying, a cookie
2: monster voice, cookie monster. Where have I yeah. heard that
1: before? <laughs> so yeah, I just kept saying like, work, work. Like every time I go do something, I go, be happy to.
2: Is, is that, is that a chemo Lajwan or is that cookie monster?
1: <laughs> it's cookie monster, bro. Don't have
2: you ever heard a chemo Lajwan? No. He sounds exactly like cookie monster. No, that's pretty funny.
1: Uh, So anyway, it's Orc Peon, bro. Anyway, Imperial Fiststone Gauntlet list, let's see, 29, 25 points. So not quite at 3K. 75 points left over? Come on, buddy. All right, so he's got Alexis Pollux, just good old-fashioned Alexis with that Storm Shield and all that jazz that he has and never give it a bonus attack. Uh, he's got an Apothecary and Detachment. He's got two Apothecaries. Both of them have Artificer Armor, Augury Scanners, Chainsaw Combat Blade. Just normal-ass Apothecaries. Sweet-ass armor. Upgraded. Uh, then he's got a Legion Quad Launcher Support Battery. He's got three Legion Rapiers with Chatter Shells. And he's got a Legion Breacher Squad. 15 Legion Breachers. Uh, three of them have Graviton Guns. And the sergeant has artifice armor, melt bombs, and a power axe. They have have a Vexilla, too. And a Vexilla. I don't see the Vexilla.
2: It's under additional war gear next to Graviton guns.
1: Oh, there it is. Legion Vexilla. So they got standard war gear, boarding shields, bolt pistols, bolters. All that jazz. He's got a second Legion Breacher Squad. Legion Breacher Squad, 15-man. Uh, 3 graviton guns legion vexilla exactly the same under his heavy support he's got the legion artillery tank squadron he's got two medusas uh, no, no it's just, just one. one medusa just one medusa legion heavy support squad he's got a last cannon squad 10 of them they have tank hunters and an augury scanner on the sergeant as well as artificer armor on the sergeant He's also got a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought. The dreadnought has armored ceramite and two storm cannons. He's running a Death Blossom.
2: Nope, he's got two. Uh, Leviathans.
1: Oh, uh, what?
2: It says Leviathan Talon, and then underneath it, it's two individual dreadnoughts.
1: Well, then why does it say two times storm cannon, two times storm cannon? So yeah, two two Death Blossoms in a. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yep. Okay, I'm on the same page now. Yeah, two Leviathan Death Blossoms. Uh, both have armored ceramite, and both have two storm kanzi. So two death blossoms. Yep. And I guess he just used the heavy. He's using heavy flamers. I guess, yeah. Okay. Okay. And
2: then he's got a lord of war.
1: And under the lord of war choice, he has a cerberus with the last cannons. That's it. Just a cerberus. Never seen that played. There's one sitting in my house, but I've never seen it played. So what'd you do, Ryan? Besides take those storm cannons off the Leviathans?
2: Um, well, actually, if you look at his
1: list, he's got.
2: he doesn't have any transports for anything.
1: They don't need them. They're strong as fuck. I'm just playing. So you need transports?
2: Yeah, just walking breachers at somebody. To me, is a no go. So, if okay, so real quick, if you're if you're wanting to stick to this exact list, the only thing I would change on them is get rid of the graviton guns. Because obviously with no transport, you're going to have to be walking at them to get close to do your job. And if you move, you can't fire a Graviton gun because they're heavy. Right. So regardless, these Graviton guns need to go. I For the same points, you can switch them over to Melt-A-Gun. So if you're wanting that type of a weapon, that's what I would switch them to, is a Melt-A-Gun. Um, also on Breacher Sergeants, if you have the points, always upgrade them from an axe to a fist. Because the Breacher Shield automatically negates uh, where you can get a weapon for... Or a bonus attack for being dual armed.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: You it, it always it, it always uh, takes that away. So there's no sense in taking a power act or a power or a power axe over a fist because you're not going to get the bonus attack. They're both unwieldy. They're both AP two. But so why wouldn't you always take the higher strength of the fist? I gotcha. I mean it is a five point difference, but if you have the points, you should always put a fist on anybody with a uh. Breach your Shield, if you have the points to do it, and whatever.
1: Hey, real quick, on the on the Graviton guns? Yep. Um, I'm looking up the rules for Augury Scanners right now. If you were to get intercepted on by, like, say, like, let's say a Dreadnought Drop Pod or an Anvilus or anything oh, like that. Oh, yeah, he can shoot him with that. That would be the only... If one. he's walking forward, that would be something that he'd have to deal with. Is yeah,
2: I guess you could fire the Interceptor with that, yeah.
1: And then, you know, basically deal three, three, gra- three glancing hits. Onto.
2: Well, c- you can get a pin with a Graviton gun.
1: Yeah. On a roll of a six. And so that's going to kill most things that intercept on him. Yeah. Well.
2: No, not infantry. They're going li- to Infantry's going to laugh at that.
1: Yeah. Well, then they'll get them all caught up in. Uh, just difficult terrain. Dangerous terrain, right? Difficult, yeah. Dangerous.
2: I'd still sweep it to melt the guns. For walking, though? Like, no, no. In, I don't know. I just. Okay. I don't know a graviton gun, unless it's on a relentless thing.
1: Okay, so if he's walking forward, if he decides to keep the walking forward list, would you still swap in melty guns, or would you just keep the graviton in that case? Because I don't ever see a melty gun in a walking list getting getting to be used. Because you're just... just
2: Or They should probably be plasma guns.
1: Yeah, yeah, I could see where you could intercept.
2: Because you can still intercept with plasma guns because they're rapid fire. Because it's rapid fire
1: and heavy with an augury scanner. You so can't do assault. So that's taking you from three shots to six shots.
2: And then... That's straight AP2 where you can actually get an explodes result if, if you go through the armor. Or a graviton gun, you can't get an explodes result because it's AP4.
1: Good call. I dig that. Yeah.
2: And it, you have the 24-inch range. You can still move and fire it and all that.
1: Yeah. I dig that. Okay
2: but you shouldn't be walking them forward. I wrote him a list where he's not walking
1: forward. Right.
2: He said he doesn't have all these models, so I'm hoping he doesn't have the Leviathan Dreadnoughts because I took those out to... Because that's the other thing. To me, a Leviathan Dreadnought not in a Dreadnought drop pod is a mediocre to subpar unit, personally. No, that's true. It's where you put it in a drop pod that makes it a good unit. It's that... Putting it in a drop pod is that important,
1: in my opinion. Getting it transported up to the enemy.
2: It's... Yeah. And the same thing with this Stone Gauntlet. Like, Stone Gauntlet Breachers are pretty good, but you're not putting them in anything. Like, that's the problem. He's got some strong units here, but they're not being utilized in a way that I think is going to make them effective. Okay. So, I wrote him a new list that uses the same idea, but... We made it mobile. So, the list I wrote for him is Alexis Pollux as an HQ, just like he has it. Um, a 15-man breacher squad armed identical to what he has, except I swapped the axe uh, for a fist, like we talked about, and I swapped to melt the guns from the graviton guns. So it's a 15-man squad, artificer armor, power fist on sergeant, three melt the guns, Vexilla.
1: Right, okay.
2: I did another squad that's identical, except it's only 14. And the reason I did 14 was just points. Uh, I was like 30 points over, and it was easy to drop one breacher and a melt-a-gun. So it's a 14-man squad, armed the exact same way, except it's only two melt-a-guns instead of three, because it's one per five. Right. But other than that, it's identical. One guy less. Um, for elites, I took a apothecary detachment that's just two... Uh, Plain Jane Apothecaries that have Artificer Armor. So I got rid of the Augury Scanners um, because we're going to put them in tanks. So they're going to be inside something where they're not going to be intercepting anyway. Plus, I swapped to the Melted Guns, you know, and they can't. It, there's basically no point in the Augury Scanner in this list. So same Apothecaries, just without the Augury Scanner. Um, for the second Elite's Choice, I took a battery of two Quad Mortars, and they are upgraded to Shatter Shells. And then for the third elite's choice, I took another battery of two quad mortars. So I took his squadron, a single squadron of three, and made it two squadrons of two. Upgraded the same that he had. For heavy support, I got rid of the leviathans, and for, in place of the leviathans, I took two spartans. Um, each spartan has armored ceramite flare shield dozer blade, so there's two fully decked out spartans in here. Um... You know, the other thing that we missed when you went over the list, he had a heavy support squad of 10 guys with the last cannons. No, I said that. We, mi- Oh, you did? Okay. Yeah. They have tankers right. too. Yeah, so I put that right back in. It's the <coughs> same squad. So it's a full 10-man last cannon team. The sergeant has artificer armor and augury scanner, and then everybody has a last cannon. And then for Lord of War, um, I left the Cerberus exactly how he has it, just a Cerberus with last cannon sponsons and armored ceramite. So I basically uh, got a third quad mortar in there, made the war gear on his Breachers make a little more sense, and put got rid of the Leviathans for Spartans to put the Breachers in. Oh, I got rid of the Medusa 2. Oh, I forgot. I added in a Void Shield generator oh. with three Void Shields to put the last cannons underneath.
1: Sorry, Australian mod- meta. No bunker for this list.
2: Yeah, we've went over why I think the Void Shield Generator is superior to the bunker a couple times.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
2: For one, all ten guys can fire out. It, it protects multiple units instead of one, because he can put his rapiers underneath there and the last cannon guys. Um, so it protects more than one unit. They can all fire out of it instead of just eight guys. And... With the Augury Scanner, you can intercept 360 degrees with it instead of just in the forward-firing arc of the bunker slit.
1: Yeah, makes sense.
2: So I forgot that void shield generator's in there for 100 points. Um, So I basically, from his list, got rid of the two Leviathans and the Medusa and swapped that for two decked-out Spartans, a void shield generator, and an extra quad mortar.
1: So fundamentally, it looks like it did definitely change the way the list played. Uh, I like how you kind of like went like both elements of it, because like originally it looks like this list, I I, I wouldn't imagine he was going to be running forward with it.
2: Well, but that's the thing. Like, how are you going to get objectives or claim anything? And
1: yeah, I feel like some people.
2: And it's pretty light on firepower for
1: a static army.
2: So if he runs into somebody that has more guns than him, he's screwed. And if he has to go forward, he's kind of screwed.
1: Yeah, that's kind of where, like, I was going with it is, like, I've seen a lot of lists built with the idea of just kind of, like, hanging around in, like, a your deployment zone and just beating the shit out of your your enemy and all that jazz. And usually, like, when I play against a list like that, I play strong to the objectives. Like, okay, well, I know I can't go near this. So, really, I mean, you you really made his list capable of playing the objectives and being able to have a strong fire base with those last cannons. Fuck those last cannons, man. That's so brutal.
2: Well, you should be able to put those quad mortars and the last cannons underneath that
3: uh, void shield uh,
2: generator. and then keep the Cerberus back as well because the Cerberus comes stock standard with a flare shield. Yeah. So it's essentially a Spartan chassis. It's a six-hole point armor 14 all the way around, so it's one more whole point than a Spartan. And he's got armored ceramide on it. It comes stock standard with a flare shield. So if you think about it, this list essentially has three flare-shielded Spartans in it, one with an extra hole point.
1: Which is beef. But if they're coming it's at gonna you, be it's going to suck. It's going to
2: hard, 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 hard to kill. Um, and then it's got decent anti-tank with the uh, Cerberus being in it, and then you the got the two cannon. Spartans with all the last cannons, and then you have the other last cannons on the, the squad with Tank Hunter. So it's got decent that for any infantry you got the four quad mortars and then all the bolt guns on the breachers and then obviously assault with the breachers and then Polis is pretty good in combat <laughs> he's he's i right. so i like it i feel like the list that i wrote is going to be way more capable of winning a much wider variety of games and you're going to have less problematic matchups
1: yeah you'll be less uh less frustrated with people staying outside of your I guess once they get rid of the last cannon squad, they'll just stay out of the 24-inch range and just blast you from across the field. Like I could you'll be a lot less frustrated with that. Yeah. But no, I like it, man. I like your list. I like uh it is definitely a change from the list he submitted playwise, but I think it's a, a more it's a strong change that would make it more usable and feasible, especially if he were to go into other metas and all that stuff. It's right. weird like with Australia like I'm not trying to put y'all on in the bucket, Tim. But uh, I definitely see, like, Australian meta, there's, like, a lot of, like, bunkers and void shields and all that stuff. So, like, you definitely kind of fit that into this list. Like, very cool you didn't go, like...
2: Every time I've seen someone take a big, heavy support squad like that, uh it just gets drilled in the ass here because so many people have quads or Scorpius whirlwind or a drop pod unit that they can um, come down, like... Because even even just a like say you have a squad of guys with plasma guns, right? They can come down in a drop pod and then deploy out of the drop pod into four up cover, um, next to the last cannon guys. So then the last cannon guys shoot and they're just a single shot per guy. You know, so you're only going to hit six seven times, and then you probably roll like a one at least one to wound or whatever. So you're doing like six wounds, and then that you they get four up, so they lose like three dudes. And then you're still getting shot back with seven plasma guns, which will kill your unit. So that's even you getting to intercept. Um, if they So that can happen, or worst case scenario for you is you stand them out there, you don't get the first turn, and you just get shelled with the Scorpus, so you just pick up your unit. Mm. And it's like 450 points. So that void shield at least gives you where it's the pain in the ass of them having to essentially kill three individual armor 12 hole points down to get to your guys and then also what you want to do is place that void shield to where you're sticking your guys in cover underneath the void shield so you're going to get a you know they have to get through the void shield and then once they do you're still in cover to dig you out
1: would you deploy that uh void shield pretty like let's say like deployment wise are you putting that at the back of your army? or are you putting that like as far forward as you can
2: it depends on what you're wanting to do with it. I mean it, it is like it's pretty cool because it's a twelve inch bubble all the way around it. Right. So theoretically you could put it um like you know wherever table. you wanted it, mid table, whatever. Um well you can't put it has to stay in your deployment zone.
1: Right. I mean like mid mid table deployment zone. Right. Once.
2: Yeah. So for one, it counts as having battlements. So you standing on it gives you a four plus cover because it has battlements. That's just the battlement rule. So yeah. even if you look at it and it looks like it's flat on top, it doesn't like standing on it, you still get a four up save. Right. Rules is written. So you can put so you could put some of the last cannon guys like on top of it yeah. or in front of it or however you wanted to do it. And then you could put the quad mortars kind of like behind and to the sides of it. And then you could put the Cerberus out in front of it. And it kind of protects all those units. And it would all fit in there without being so... Because it's a 12-inch bubble from that thing, because it's like a 5-by-5-inch f- five five footprint square. Yeah. yeah. And then measuring 12 inches around it, if you get your tape measure out and do that, that's a big area. I mean, you could put all that stuff in there and not really have it, like, stuffed on top of each other where blast markers are going to be a huge I issue.
1: Think, I think we measured it one time. I think it's like a 16-inch, like, just... Like... Uh, no, it's 24...
2: Twenty-four plus the the width of the base, so it's like a twenty-eight-inch circle or something.
1: Yeah, it's massive.
2: So yeah, I mean, you, it's it's definitely pretty cool.
1: Very. cool. It's one of
2: those things that you don't get the first game turn. It can it could really save your you, ass, save your ass, fuck up your opponent, whatever. Because it's one of those things that. A lot of times, people don't think about something like that. So when they build their list, they're not anticipating that. So it's like, oh fuck! Like, I'm, I'm used to just being able to shoot this venator right away at whatever their biggest tank is and kill it. And now I have to tear down these void shields before I can do that. And then it, you know, sometimes dice betray you and they're left with that one void shield hanging, and you got your venator left. And it's like, well, I can't shoot their tank because they have the shield, so I guess I waste it to get oh. rid of this.
1: Yeah. And do the Void, the void Shields regenerate, right?
2: Yeah. Yep.
1: Yeah. At the
2: end of any given game... Or at the end of one of your turns, I think they come back on a 5 or a 6, maybe. And you roll for each one that's down. It's either on a 6 or a 5 or
1: a 6. Damn, dude. I need to come up with something with a... Like a... Um, power Play Games. I need to go... like put like three because it's three shields right yeah three individual shields yeah so i need to come up with like, like three leds that go like the top of the shield that like blink green or like solid green whenever it's working fine and then like whenever you take a hit on a void shield you like push a button and like it blinks red and then like like, or like you know how- maybe like a little switch
2: games workshop model has the four pylons yeah you can custom build one that has three pylons and actually make the top of the pylon like on the Games Workshop one, they got like a clear ball, like a light bulb. You know what I mean? You uh-huh. could get maybe like a looking light bulb that goes at the top of each one and you could actually turn the lights off or turn them on, like on the three pylons.
1: Yeah, if they're like blinking, you'll be like, oh yeah, I need to roll for that. Like, poosh. And then you just like flip it back on that way it's easy to remember. I'll figure something out. A little baby switch. It should be pretty easy.
2: But I, ho- I hope you like that list. Um, if you're going to do the standard foot slogging list, I mean, if you already have all those models, um, I don't know really what to tell you. I would... Stay in cover. You could... Mi- I, personally, it, like at a minimum, if you want to stick to that walking forward thing, I would at least get rid of one Leviathan and get a drop pod for the other one and then maybe add in a second Medusa or a Scorpus or something with the other points from the extra Leviathan, give you some more punch shooting wise while also getting that lone Leviathan in a drop pod. That way you can actually, you can't, that's the thing. Uh, stone gauntlet, you're not allowed to deep strike anything.
1: That's why they're not in pods. Ooh, Get one of them fancy switch out your look. Le- and what sucks is those Leviathans, like as much as I love the death blossom, they're just so short range it's not a good walking forward dreadnought at all like daredeo, it would probably be better for what you're trying to do like last cannon or auto cannon one
2: you put the pavese on it to make the other things have a save oh a better man, save. what are you
1: doing yeah I just real oh man that'd be badass that's if he was wanting to do the walk forward thing yeah get you some a couple daredeos with the pavese on them and fuck it some plasma cannonate. <laughs> Not really, though. I love that model. What's the maximum I'll have to dig out the. Oh, I got it right here. Three What's inches. the max? Three inches.
2: No, no, no. I know that. What's the maximum save you can get from a pavace? Three up. Hmm. I was thinking something for Kenny Lowell. He said he wanted to use a Derradeo. So I was thinking, because most Terminators aren't shooty. Right. Um, The ones that I'm aware of that are really shooty are Tyrants, and then the Death Guard ones, the ones with the grenade launchers, the Grave Wardens. So how funny would it be to have a bunch of Grave Wardens stomping forward with a Dorado backing them up with that face giving those stupid Grave Wardens a 3-up while they're laying down all those chemical weapons fire and it's shooting auto cannons over their head? Fuck yeah, dude. So, anyway. It was just a little thought that jumped in my head there while we were talking about this.
1: It's just shitting out an invulnerable save. And it has a 4-up save itself, right? Or is it a 5-up? Yep.
2: It's a 4-up, but it doesn't benefit itself. No, it's a 5-up. It's a 5-up. It's It's like a normal, but I don't think it benefits itself.
1: Yeah. I don't see why it wouldn't. I mean, I know it doesn't affect any vehicles, just only infantry, but...
3: I don't know. Let me...
2: Let's just read it. Hang on. I'm trying to find it here. Is it in its... uh...
1: Yeah, it's on the second part of the... So, it's not in the section. It's actually in
2: the Dorado. Right. Yeah. Yeah. This reinforced shield increases the Dorado's own invulnerable save to a four up. So, yes, it does.
1: Boom. Fuck yeah, dude. Four up save is ridiculous on like.
2: It goes to a four up against shooting, and it grants friendly infantry models within three inches of the Dorado's base a save of a six plus against shooting attacks or boosts an already existing invulnerable save by plus one to a maximum three plus.
1: Yep. So, so have, yeah, that'd
2: be. So I could. The only Terminators I I really feel like that works well with are Siege Tyrants or the Death Guard ones with the grenade launchers. None of the other ones are really shooty enough to wear that, like, you know what I mean? It's like slowly walking forward with guys shooting combi bolters is pretty lame. Tyrants. That's what I meant. Tyrants and the Grave Warden guys. That's it. And the Ultramarine ones because they're ones. like yeah. they're like bootleg Tyrants. Yeah, they're like d- double the points cost for the same fucking guy, basically.
1: So, yeah. So, that works. Hopefully you like that, Jack. Send us an email back on what you think. Or hit us up on Facebook. All right. Next list, man, is an Alpha Legion list coming in from Kieran. He says... My, My
2: painting man crush. Your
1: painting man crush? You better hope he never meets me in real life.
2: Because I'll either like stammer over myself because I'm in all of his painting skills or like touch him, like just uncomfortably touch him. Like, because I'll get nervous, like, Ricky, I don't know what to do with my hands, Karen. So I'm going to, I'm going to touch you.
1: We're going to like go in your hotel room, wherever we're staying, and like you'll be covered in blood. What, Ryan, what happened? I I don't, I don't know. I don't don't know. know. I loved him too much. (laughs) What did, what did you do? Don't, don't creep him out. He's lying. I
2: would never hurt you, Karen. I would protect you. I would protect you. I would I would kill you so nobody else could. I'd be like your secret service. I'd just like follow like I'd like it'd be like secret service for Kieran's hands to not mess up his painting skills. Like don't touch his hands. Don't touch his hands. Don't Hey, whoa, whoa. Get whoa. out of here. He, yeah. He'd be like uh, from Metalocalypse where uh, Swiss Guards walking around with the glass jars on his hands because his hands are worth too much cuz they can't break yeah. them. and Yeah, he's got like, the glass. Like, jar. Yeah. <laughs> like the personal bodyguard that just protects Kieran's hands. We we go to like Hibachi Grill, and like you're
1: like back up, <laughs> back the fuck up. <laughs> it's too hot. Uh, so funny. So that's interesting. I know you had a little man crush on Karen Douglas.
2: Oh, I've been creeping on his painting for a long time.
1: I like it. All right. So anyway, so Karen writes in. Sorry for creeping you out, Karen. He says, "I'm a relatively new listener." But I love your work so far. I've been pumping through the episodes while I work on my Alpha Legion. Since the Prospero box was released, I've been working on a 1,200 point Alpha Legion Zone Mortalis Force. I've managed to finish everything in the list except for the Leviathan Dreadnought, which is about 50% done. Oh man, that's... Okay. So far, I have one character. He could be used as a Praetor, Centurion, or Consul of some sort. He's wearing Tatarus Pattern Terminator armor and is armed with a Power Fist, plasma, and a Power Dagger. I also have three units of five Legion Terminators, all wearing Tataros armor. The first two units are identical. Three combi plasmas, three power fists. (sighs) Excuse me. One plasma blaster, one chain fist, and the sergeant is armed with a chain fist, power dagger, and combi plasma. The third is armed with three pairs of lightning claws, one heavy flamer, one chain fist, and the sergeant is armed with a power dagger and a chain fist. The last unit is a Leviathan Siege Dreadnought. I've managed a Phosphex Launcher, a Siege Claw, a Cyclonic Meltalance, and a Grav Flux Bombard. This is what the army looks like so far, minus the work-in-progress Leviathan. And it's, it's finally
2: finished. The, the Leviathan's finished. He's put the entire Leviathan with arms up on the Eye of Horus Facebook page.
1: I'm going to post his work-in-progress on our page. and Good lord, man surely surely there's like because that blue like I don't know how you like what's his what's his process like what it he's a goddamn painting mage man <laughs> Like these aren't natural colors eyes are supposed to they see puts
2: this fucking blue hat with stars and shit on it and waves his goddamn paintbrush and you get glorious models I don't know I
1: don't <laughs> know how else to explain it did you just Fantasia reference me like right now maybe <laughs> I don't know I don't know maybe I'm gonna no, I imagine it <laughs> <laughs> and he just like just waving a wand around and shit's just painting itself brushes are just flying in yeah this is another one of those things like we
2: were talking about Giancarlo. carlo like kieran he's got such painting skills i imagine him like in the nice fucking tuxedo with like the cape with like the like overly long fucking cigarette with like the like entourage that like fawns over his painting skills and he like walks into the studio and like throws off his cape and like somebody has to like dive on the ground to catch it before he starts painting. And he's he's set, like order. he's like yelling and ordering everyone around, like, Get me my brushes.
1: And they're like, oh yes, sir. And they run and go get him. His little his little entourage laughs at jokes that aren't even funny. He's like, Oh, you call that as you you call that blue, I call that Azure. <laughs> that was, they're all like a little <laughs> Yeah.
2: That's glorious. That's how I now imagine it.
1: All right, cool so that's my zone Mortalis force recently I've started to consider expanding it to a regular 2500 point age of darkness force I'd like to include as many of the models as already painted as possible but I'm not sure which direction to take my army what would you guys suggest keep up the awesome work regards Kieran or Kizdugs K-I-Z-Z-D-O-U-G-S on the forums P.S. stay in your lane Ryan decals look much better than molded shoulder pads (laughs) he's like eat a dick yeah. I'm not i I'm not gonna argue. I mean I I used to think the other
2: way, but now I just think that I'm a shit piece that <laughs> likes the wrong thing. <laughs> I feel like once you read that, you got out like that like that whip just, <laughs> just like ah the guy from that what's the the national treasure movie, like the yeah. monk guy that whips himself and puts the like I tighten the strap the on flagellant. my leg. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I tighten the strap on my leg and like you know, got before my shrine of Kieran and his work and whipped myself while staring at his photo that's illuminated by candles in my bedroom.
1: <laughs> and your wife's sitting there making sure you don't cry while you do it. It's like, no. No tears will be shed. <laughs> yeah. I always show my wife the,
2: the models that I do and she's like, oh, you know Kieran would do a much better job than this, right?
1: I wish Kieran was here. <laughs> Oh, uh, that could get dark. Anyway, let's.
2: <coughs> well, anyway, if you need a new uh, flunky to carry around your your cape or your long cigarette, Karen, let me know. I'm I'm available. Um, so so this is what I did. So if you look at his list, what he has for Zomortalis, uh, because it's Zone, um, it, it looks to me like he's probably taking pride of the Legion anyway because he's got so many Terminators. There's no, you know, troop choices right and so I don't know uh, any other way to get all those terminators uh, that he's running without running pride so I'm assuming that he's running pride so I just stuck to that uh, for his 2500 list but if you think about it so he's this is a zone mortalis force and if you look how he has them based they're based like on starship decking or whatever yep so I kind of in my head I'm envisioning okay so he wants to keep this core force they're supposed to be like this like boarding elite type guys, but I can't take Orbital Assault because I have to take Pride of the Legion to use the units that he's using. Okay. So I wanted to st- keep it to dread claws and gunships, like things you could board a ship with, right, okay. to get as- where they need to be because they're originally Zone Mortalis Force. So keeping all that theme, but trans like transferring that to a normal, like, standard tabletop army. Okay. So that's kind of what I did. So it's a combination Orbital Assault... Um, pride of the legion list, and when I say orbital assault, I meant like I basically mounted everything in dread claws. <laughs>
1: or, <laughs> okay. Fair so, enough. uh,
2: so anyway, so his HQ that I chose was Armillus Dynat. Um, I chose Dynat because his well, for, he's like the best non-primarch character in the game, like support rules wise. He's ridiculous. The, um. For one, he gives a unit uh, deep strike. Just straight up, like you choose a unit, gives them deep strike and they get to re-roll uh, the scatter, which will fit in well with the theme of the army I just described, like a mortalis type boarding army. Um, he also gives any models in the enemy deployment zone plus uh, a plus one to their damage rolls against vehicles. So it's like lowering the AP of your weapon by one, essentially, if you want to look at it that way. And he also allows you to Re-roll failed sweeping advances in the enemy deployment zone. Which, if you look at the models he has, he has all these uh, Tataris Terminators, which their special thing is they can sweep. So I feel like it plays really well into that as well. And then when you add all this into the top of, he's deploying via drop pod on a lot of this stuff or deep strike. He'll be able just to start right away in his opponent's deployment zone and get all these benefits immediately. Yep. So for HQ, like I said. Armillus Dinette. So, his second HQ choice, I chose a Alpha Legion Saboteur, a Sneaky Steve, and he is armed with Artificer Armor, a Combi Melta, Power Dagger, and they automatically come with Melta Bombs just for being a Saboteur. Badass. For the, the second HQ choice, I took another Saboteur, armed exactly the same way. So, two Saboteurs.
1: Two Sneaky Steve's?
2: Steve's double sneak. Okay. Um, I'll get to why I did this in a minute. Um. So for his troops, because it's pride of the legion, I basically took his three terminator squads that he's already described. So there's a five man Tartaros terminator squad with three combi plasmas, a plasma blaster, a uh, three chain fist, or three power fist, and a single chain fist. And then the sergeant has combi plasma, chain fist, power dagger. So there's two units that are exactly the same like that. Uh, one of them has a dedicated dreadclaw drop pod. The other one does not. Um, for his third troop's choice, I took his uh, third Terminator squad. That's the five to uh, five Tatars Terminators. Three of them have lightning claws. One of them has a chain fist. Uh, one of them has a heavy flamer. And the sergeant has a chain fist power dagger. And they have a dedicated anvilus uh, dreadclaw. For his fourth uh, troop's choice, I took a nine-man veteran, uh, ta- veteran tactical squad. And these nine veteran tacticals, uh, one of them has a melta gun, and the other eight, including the sergeant, have a combi melta. And the sergeant has artificer armor, and I took machine killers on them. And dynat is going to go with them. So you have a full ten-man squad there. And then for his fifth and final troops choice, I took a 10-man uh, veteran tactical squad. Uh, these veteran tacticals uh, have marksmen. Uh, two of them have flamers, and the sergeant has artificer armor, and the, all the other guys just kept their standard bolt gun. So for fast attack, I took two non-dedicated anvilist uh, claws for the two fast attack choices. So um, one of... Uh, the machine killer vets and dynat will always go in one the other anvilus you can either put the sniper vets or one of the two shooty terminator squads in the, one, the whatever unit you don't choose to put in the other uh non-dedicated dread claw you choose to deep strike using dynat's uh uh warlord trait
1: his beat the shit out of tanks for <laughs> in the yeah. enemy deployment zone yeah. That's so, nasty, and that works on the, the Dreadnought, too. Yeah.
2: Right, so it works on the Dreadnought as well. So for his Dreadnought, because he has all the weapons magnetized, I loaded it out with the Cyclonic melt lance to take advantage of Dynat's rule, so it oh, essentially becomes... Gosh. AP. It zero. becomes... Yeah, so it's plus three. And then I took uh, two torso-mounted uh, Twin-Link Volkite Calibers, Armored Ceramite, Phosphix Discharger, and it's in a Dreadnought drop pod. So if you count, he's got five five drop pods... So he's going to get three and have two in reserve. And then he's going to have the two saboteurs that can come in. They have to come in via outflank, actually. And then he'll have the one loose squad that's going to deep strike using Dynat's special rule. And when they deep strike, they get to reroll field scatter. Solid, man. And the reason I did two saboteurs is because of Pride of the Legion, you always have to have more Legion of units than you do non-Legion of units. Right. So if you count, he's got the Dreadnought Drop Pod and the Dreadnought, so that's two. Then he's got four Dreadclaws, so that's six. So he's going to have to have seven Legion of units. So he's got Dynat, two Saboteurs, which is three, the three Terminator squads, which is six, and then the two Veteran squads, which is eight. So he's actually got a bonus one. Very cool, man. So if he ever wanted to add to the list um, or add in um, Alpharius or whatever, because Alpharius isn't Legion of you could add in something else that's a non Astartes unit and still be able to put one more thing in here without uh, violating the rules.
1: I've never um, seen somebody use a saboteur, so I don't know how Wait. well they do. I only well,
2: here's the thing: speculate. So th- I've seen some people get butt hurt over how this is worded, but I don't. I mean, I don't really know what you're supposed to do about it because to me, it works this way. So we'll go over it. So the b- the main ability that a saboteur has is when they come in, they do a free penetrating hit to a vehicle. So let me see here. So they, they're they they're a lone killer, so they can't be a compulsory HQ and cannot join other units. No big deal. Um, they must begin the game in reserve and do not count towards the maximum number of units uh, in the army in reserve, and they are deployed via reserve and have outflank so that's why he's outflanking them so their big thing is sabotage at the moment the saboteur enters play so to me that reads like he's entering play so he's on the table right yeah yeah um a special sabotage attack is inflicted on one enemy the controlling player selects an enemy unit or fortification on the table this may include independent characters which may be selected as targets if not part of a unit and if the and if the units are inside transport, so basically you can pick anything unless it's attached to a unit uh, or inside of a transport.
1: Man, dude. Uh, so if you're playing against a saboteur and they're not on the table, like, or if you even know you're just playing a saboteur, hide your dudes and units. Like that's like obviously a very.
2: So when they so, uh, the sabotage attack, the sabotaged unit suffers either D six drinks. D6, strength 6, AP3 hits if it has a toughness value. Okay. Or a single automatic penetrating hit at AP2. Cover saves may be taken. So I guess the my thing is, because of Dynat's rule, if a model is in the enemy's deployment zone, it adds plus one to all of its vehicle damage rolls.
3: So oh. I guess my question is,
2: With your saboteur, and you bring him when he enters the table, he enters in the enemy deployment zone. Would his sabotage attack not become AP one?
1: I, ooh, that's tough. Okay, yeah, I see. I feel like it does. I feel like it does too.
2: Rules is written. It doesn't really matter. Like if you feel like that's too cheesy or don't want to play it that way, it doesn't matter. It's still an automatic. It's still AP two, so you can still get an exposed result
1: instead of rolling just a 6 you got a 6 or a 5 like it, it does it does definitely increase the possibility but
2: but regardless of that he still has a combi melta so you can still maybe come in and like so you could shit, potentially two of them like so and there's two of them yeah so you could potentially come in you're going to get a sabotage two things and then they're going to get maybe cider rear arc on a vehicle with a combi melta that's going to essentially be um, AP 0, because they're going to get plus 1, because they're going to outflank into the enemy deployment zone. Right. And then, if they do live, and y- they stick around, you can then assault things and be clamping melt bombs on them that are also AP 0, plus 3, if they're in the enemy deployment zone.
1: Gotcha. Very cool, man. Very smart. I've never, uh, I've never considered that whole Dynat thing, but, I mean, if I were to play against that, I would know... Get the fuck out of your deployment zone. <laughs> like,
2: well, but that's the thing. The attack hits anywhere on the table, and the way Dynat's rule says, if your model is in their deployment zone... Oh, so you shit, can't,
1: it you does, yeah. Stop.
2: So their model could be... Doesn't matter. As long as your guy is in their deployment zone, they have plus one.
1: Oh, that's brutal, man.
2: I think. I'm like 99% sure that that's what it is. Let's read Dynat. Uh... While in the enemy deployment zone, all units with the Legion of Stardis Alpha Legion special rule, as well as Alpha Legion Dreadnoughts in the same detachment, may re-roll their sweeping advance rolls and add plus one to any results they inflict on the vehicle damage table.
1: Wow. That's solid, man. I've, I've never considered that. I mean, I wouldn't argue against it, but I could see where people would get salty about it.
2: Well, my thing is, is in his list because of the way it's built. He doesn't have a lot of ranged anti tank at all. He's got the two melting guns on the saboteurs, and then he's got the one uh, uh, machine killer vet squad, uh-huh. and then he's got the Leviathan and a drop pod, which is decent. So I mean, like this, the saboteur thing really to me uh, helps that out. It's like his version of a lightning with krakens. It's just like a single automatic hit that you can't really stop. The guy comes in and it happens.
1: Wow. I like it, dude. I... I like this because
3: I feel
2: like it's very Alpha Legion. His models, he said that he painted the model. like I guess Dinat's uh, little Alpha Legion like, cadre that runs around with him puts a lot of gold or brass on their armor, yes. and that's how he painted the guys anyway. So including Dynat in the list makes sense for the way that he painted it. Um, I also put every single model that he's painted except for uh, the one HQ choice because uh, he had the one character that he did for his Zomartalus Force, but other than that, every single model is is in the army. And the only reason I didn't put that guy in the army was because he's in Terminator armor, so he's bulky. So he can't fit in with the other Terminator squads that are going into the Dreadclaws because it makes it too big. Um, and he can't, attack like the way Dynat's uh, deep strike rule works is it says choose a single unit and give that unit deep strike so if you choose like say i chose the uh, sniper vets only they have deep strike if you then attach a character to it he doesn't get it so then you so you can't attack you know what i mean so you can't use his rule to give it to both units right there's really no way to deploy him other than dropping more guys out of the machine killer squad and putting him in there with Dynat. And then you just got this one random Terminator armor guy running around with a bunch of power armor guys. <laughs> so it, not I mean, you can do it, but I, and I explained this to Karen and he was like, yeah, I, I get it. So it's just that one model. I didn't get fit in here. Um, but other than that, it, um, it uses every model that he has. And I think it fits his theme really well as zone The only other thing, like we've joked about this before, like a long time ago, maybe like the first episode we did w- that I did with you, about, we did a list that was uh, very similar themed. Like, uh, he wanted it, he was trying to theme it as a Zone Mortalis boarding force, but use it in a standard game. Right. In fun of the fact that you're shooting drop pods at a ship. Oh, and yeah, just, like,
1: straight up drop pods, like, crashing into the side of a ship.
2: Right, so the Leviathan is just in a standard drop pod in this army, but I just, like, in my head, it's just the one unit, and I guess you could say, like, when they actually do, like, a legit Zone Mortalis things he's in a Charybdis, But I just couldn't justify... <laughs> Making him paint an entire Charybdis to hold one Leviathan <laughs> for fluff purposes.
1: They use a special like Charybdis that like latches on, cuts a hole, and then the drop pod just goes boof into the hole it just opened.
2: But anyway, like I, I I think it's very themey for what he wants, but I also think this is gonna be a very competitive build. Like really competitive. Um and the way he paints it's gonna look awesome and it's gonna fit his theme perfectly. So I'm actually pretty pretty happy with how it it, it uh, came out um I would just like talk to like I, I mean the the saboteur thing to me it's not a big deal like it's still it's good either way like if somebody was like oh, I feel like that's really cheesy man I don't think it should work that way just you know just be like yeah okay that's fine ap2 still
1: fine yeah like they're good it's good either way it's one-sixth the chance both times man still still totally possible
2: yeah I personally think it becomes AP1 um, so if somebody you know used that against me, I wouldn't be salty about it. I mean, I feel like that's the way it is. Um, in order to make it that make that happen, they've taken a hundred point saboteur plus a two hundred point character to get one penetrating hit at AP one.
1: Um, to so, gamble, to gamble,
2: yeah, yeah. So I mean, that's I don't think it's overpowered by any means. Yeah. Uh, it's it's a damn sight different than using the stupid relic that just auto makes it a 6.
1: Yeah. That's <laughs> But a,
2: that's don't really a, that's I've a never thing. seen that actually happen. I've just heard about it, but nobody I've never <laughs> seen or heard of
1: anybody actually doing it. I saw it in somebody's list and it was somebody who would expect to have it in their list. Oh, okay.
2: But the other thing I like, so this is like his list is all because it's pride of the legion, his entire list is all um all Terminators and Veterans. So, in order to get the bonus points, they're essentially going to have to table him anyway. Mm-hmm. And because all, all the Terminators are Tartaros, they can take advantage of Dynat's uh, rule, like we talked about. Um, if you think about it, the plus one to the damage table, because he's got so many combi plasmas in here, is really going to work well with those. Um, and also, Dynat has a Cogna Signum. So, that Melt <coughs> the that Squad that he comes in with. Right. Is going to be plus one ballistic skill. Or he can throw a phosph bomb either way. And then I'm gonna really blow your mind, Michael. You probably forgot about this. Don't forget Alpha Legion have mutable tactics. You can give this entire army tank hunter.
1: Ugh, that's so nasty.
2: So think about it. All those combi plasmas on all those Terminators with Tank Hunter getting and then becoming AP one. And then that's on top of you you obviously have the machine killer vets, so they're effective strength nine. Melta guns that are getting plus three to the damage table that are also going to have tank hunter on top of it. So this has a shitload. If you go that way, it has a shitload of anti tank because you got you know you got the um, the saboteurs coming in with the one shot tank hunting melta guns with all those special rules stacked on them. The sabotage thing. You got all the terminators deep striking or coming in and claws getting out with all the plasmas with tank hunter and AP one for light armor um, or killing, you know, other terminators, death stars like that. Like this is very alpha legion to me. You got all these guys, but they're going to cover all your bases. Like this is going to murder infantry. It's going to murder like elite infantry. That's like two plus armor saves. Like this is going to deal with two plus armor save all day. And it's going to deal with a lot of armor as well. And it's very, everything's like elite. It's all terminators, veterans, Dynad. It's very elite, compact, (sighs) Fits in the pods. He's got outflanking guys. He's got deep striking guys. He's got potting guys. It 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 really really fits with the theme really well. I think they're gonna be in and out. Yeah, I love it. Yeah, and it, it, cool. it has that and feel with the saboteur. Like we're gonna board this ship. We've already got guys on board helping us out. They're the saboteurs, and then you like shoot all these dread claws in, and they get in, and then the guys come deep striking in behind them using Dianet's rule. I think it's pretty sweet.
1: I think it's a very good list, man. I like it. You uh, you really went all out for your man crush, bro.
2: Yeah. Well, I had to make it special. <laughs> now,
1: it, it was one of those things
2: that at first it was difficult because I'm thinking, well, he wants to use all these models, right? Um, but it has to be 2,500 points. But he had so many Terminators plus a Leviathan. I was like, well, he could go the Land Raider route and put all those Terminators in like three individual Land Raiders. And then put the Leviathan in a drop pod. Right. Uh, um, It's just so many points. And he wouldn't like, he would have basically just had that. And it's pretty, uh, it's kind of a meathead list. Like, not that there's really anything wrong with that, but it's like very blunt. I don't think of that as Alpha Legion.
1: You want them to be able, like every model to be able to do, handle his own.
2: Well that and it just seems sneakier to use like dread claws and teleporting and outflanking instead of just like, Oh, here's some land raiders with some Terminators in it driving at you. Like that, that's <laughs> that's a world eater, not, yeah. salamander, Death Guard thing. That's not an Alpha Legion
1: thing. Yeah. Unless you painted the Land Raider a different Legion's color. Yeah. I don't know. I just, you, I just if you packed a special Land Raider for the Legion you're playing against, and every time you played against them, you popped out that Land Raider.
2: Plus once again, getting back to his fluff, it's supposed to be a Zone Mortalis army, so like what you, is that a boarding Land Raider in space? Like what are we yeah. talking like what are we doing here? For sure. I mean I guess it could like it could be representing like an out uh it doesn't always have to be space. It could be like a bunker or something to play Zone Mortalis, I guess. Or <laughs> Land Raider makes it. Anyway. <laughs> I, was just I, thinking, I
1: just I was just thinking Rogue One. It's like, how do we get this Land Raider on there? Get me a Corvette Clash Hammerhead,
2: <laughs> right? But I also I'm I've always been obsessed with the idea, and I built several lists like this. I I really like the idea of because orbital assault in 30k is a, its own right of war, and once you take it, you're locked in. Like there's so many restrictions on it. Yep. And because I like Dread Calls so much, anyway, I'm constantly obsessed with the idea of taking something that's not Orbital Assault but getting it to play as close to Orbital Assault as I can while also getting benefits from something else.
1: Yeah. I gotcha.
2: And making it all work and make sense. So once I... I pretty much had to do Pride of the Legion with the models that he had. Yeah. And then just a workaround of how do you make it to where you have more Legion to start units than non, um, because he already has a Leviathan and a and a dread, dread claw, and then you're going to want to put those Terminators in transport, so you're already kind of behind the eight ball. So it's a way to get more Legion of Stardust units in there while also just making the army function and seem like an Alpha Legion list. That's what I came up with.
1: I dig it, dude. I like it a lot. I have no complaints on that list. I think there'll be a solid list all around. I do, too. I do, too.
2: Hopefully he doesn't uh, trigger anybody too bad with it. Some people get Mad about well rounded
1: list that work really well. Yeah, I don't know. This is that would be a straight all comers list. I could see that killing, like, we talk about like questorus lists. Like, I could definitely see this like giving some pain to a questorus list.
2: Yep, I do too. Man, well rounded. I like it, I think it's very cool. Plus, it's like, I don't know, it's Alpha Legion. You kind of expect them to be. You know what I'm saying?
1: Yeah. All right. Last list up on the table is a Day of Revelation list, and that's coming from Mr. Bishop. He says, "Hey guys, name's Rob from Phoenix, Arizona. Long time listener, love the show and the work for the community. I've been playing 40K for about 15 years now, and Blood Angels have always been my boys." Two years ago, my friends and I discovered the glorious world of heresy and loving the fluff, we jumped right in and haven't looked back ever since. Unfortunately, when we... <laughs> like, changed the, changed the tone of the voice. Unfortunately, <laughs> when we started, the, <laughs> the Ninth Legion didn't have any rules yet, so I built up my second favorites, the Thirteenth Legion. After I finished with no angels in sight, I started a Sons of Horus army to have a traitor faction, and halfway through, book six dropped, and my wallet started screaming in terror. I have yep. there a lot of people. Yeah. I have heard a ton of people running angels with rights because of day of revelations. I guess he's running, running angels with rights because of day of revelation. But to me, the right epit- epitomizes epitomizes. Okay. Epitomize. We'll just say epitomizes epitomize. There it is. Epitomizes uh, the ninth perfectly. Also, the name of the special rules, cometh the host, etc., give me the giant nerd chub that would make Sanguinus <laughs> himself proud. A bit a bit uncomfortable, but he's kind of, sort of, so he underst- he'd understand. <laughs> he's like, oh, that's all right. <laughs> I get it. The list below is in HTML format because Battlescribe hates making things simple, so I hope it works. Sorry, Battlescribe. You earned that shot, though. The idea was for the chaplain and praetor to split up between the two assault squads and keep target priority for my opponents a bit difficult to choose. The apothecaries go in all three while the javelins and ziphons hunt down enemy armor with extreme prejudice. The sky hunters are there to deal with heavy infantry squads and hopefully quad mortars as Volkite seem to tear up both these squads with extreme prejudice. Other than that, it's a race to the enemy lines, dropping first turn in that Damocles bubble and running to spread out and hopefully gain better cover while everything else attempts to cull the mostly dangerous enemy units into my school to my squads. Once their initiative five charges and hurting enemies on better rolls with our Legion rules accounts for itself. Okay. Note that in my meta group that here multi bombing is alive and well, because in no real world or novel scenario, would a fucking soldier, especially not a superhuman death machine refuse to clamp his detonation charge on a fucking target because someone else needs their turn. Also, Ryan has said dozens of times now that it's not healthy for the game, or until Forge releases an FAQ for heresy that tells us we're wrong. The FAQ is for 40k unenlightened. It's for the 40k unenlightened. So those in my army were thought out with this mind. Hey, just keep in mind.
2: Yes, I agree with that, but I'm certainly not the be all end all of 30k uh,
1: <laughs> 40. So don't just be like, "Well, Ryan Kimmel said I could use multi bombing." That doesn't hold any weight. <laughs> most of this list isn't bought yet, so I'm opening to pretty much any changes with one caveat. I already own the Xyphons, and while I know they're not the deadliest or most point-efficient unit in the game, to me they fit the Angels better than any other. No Angel is going to let some kick-ass Navy dude or servitor provide cover for the host when he could jump in a fighter and fly himself. They're kind of obsessed with it, so I prefer to keep them if all possible. Anyways, thanks for looking it over, and shout-out to any players in the Phoenix and Valley of the Sun area, we have a Facebook group called Arizona Horus Heresy, so look us up and help us build a community and save the poor misguided 40k players from themselves. Keep it hard for Heresy guys, for Sanguinis the Emperor, Death to the War Master. First off, I'm super jealous of you because you get that sweet-ass battle foam. You can go pick it up in the fucking store. Yep. You don't have to pay that yep. ridiculous shipping every time.
2: If you do, say hi to Rick for me. Say so <sighs> you want to talk to Rick, and then when he comes out, say, hey, Ryan says hi.
1: Ryan said hi. <laughs> so... That must be super nice. It's not their fault. It's just what shipping cost. If I could, if y'all, if y'all are coming to Stiff, hit me up first so I can order foam from you. <laughs> so anyway, so real
2: quick, get just we got We need to touch on it just a little. There, we have noticed that more and more uh, larger events like Adepticon and Stiff are allowing multi bombing. Yes. So it's not just me. Like it, it really is. The community is kind of, in a way, just given the Games Workshop 40k Design Studio the middle finger and said, "We're going to play 30k the way we want to play it."
1: The past two events I went to ignore the FAQ, and then the next two big events I'm going to ignore the FAQ, and that's not Texas Meta. That's like a whole other different group. Like that's so. I don't know, man.
2: And I mean, Adepticon is they're adopting the entire FAQ except that. I personally, for my events that I was gonna run, I was just going to adopt the entire FAQ originally, but now that I'm seeing all these other events do it, I will probably allow multi-bombing at my events if 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 that's going to be the thing that everybody does. Nice. so and and I we've heard it's not um, I'm not gonna speak out of turn for other people, but there are several other. Larger events from other places around the world that are also planning on allowing multi bombing. So, I know
1: anymore. they allow multi bombing in Australia. So, you know, well, the, in, the, the, it's in some places, in some places, the events I go to, you my, go to, you went to Australia. <laughs> no, I'm saying like in town, like the, the events I oh, go to well, down here, yeah, they yeah. allow it. And I play dreadnoughts, I don't even have a single melted bomb in my army. <laughs> and um my my well we went over this my
2: salamander drop list I don't have a single unit with multi with multiple melt bombs my black shields don't have a single unit with multiple melted bombs my militia guys can't take a unit with multiple melted bombs uh, my word bearers don't I don't own a unit with multiple melt bombs the only army I had with multiple melt bombs in it was my blood angels that's it out of five armies but I still think it should be a thing. But anyway, let's not talk about melt bombs Read his list out.
1: Okay. So anyway, Dave Revelation's list. He's got a Damocles Command Rhino. Uh, he put nothing on it. Oh, does yep. blade. Good job. Yeah. Uh, Legion Centurion with Artifice Armor, Blade of Perdition. Nice. A boarding shield and a jump pack. Uh, then he has the... He's upgraded him to a chaplain. Yep. Took him Z-Lot and all that jazz. Is Normally like, I would yell at you for further upgrading
2: the free power weapon because you get it for free, but it's a Blade of Perdition, so <laughs> no argument here, sir. <laughs> yeah,
1: no, exactly. <laughs> He's got a Legion Praetor in Artificer Armor. He's got a Blade of Perdition, digital lasers, iron halo, jump pack, many Mastercrafted that ridiculous. It's already master crafted. Uh, his Melt-O-Bombs. His ma- he Mastercrafted the melt bombs I'm guessing.
2: Well, it says Mastercraft a single weapon. I think he's intending on doing the Blade of Perdition not knowing that the Blade of is already Mastercrafted.
1: I don't know. I think he's doing the Meltabombs.
2: No. Why would he... Okay, we haven't made it there yet, but he's got like literally like 70 Meltabombs in this list, so I don't know why Mastercrafting a single one would be worth it for 15 points.
1: Hey, dude, if his Legion Praetor gets stuck in with a Dreadnought, he's going to make sure that he's going to get out of there.
2: I bet you... One dollar... All right. We're going to get this guy to right back. I bet you
1: $1. He didn't know the Blade of Perdition was...
2: He didn't know the Blade of Perdition was Mastercrafted. All right. I
1: get I get you, man. I get you. I understand where you're going with it, Robert. Ryan can't hear me right now. <laughs> 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 anyway. Then he has a Legion Assault Squad, 20-man, all with bombs, full with power weapons. Uh, the Sergeant has Artifice Armor and a power weapon. And then he has another Legion assault squad, four power weapons, multiple bombs, exactly loaded out the same way, and a third assault <laughs> squad. Holy shit! So sixty dudes in jump packs, fifteen power weapons. Wow, dude, that's yep. a beefcake yep. little list there. And that, sixty melt bombs. And then he's got three apothecaries. Yeah. Uh, all with jump packs. Yep. And in Fast Attack, he has a Legion Javelin Attack Speeder. Or, I'm sorry, he has three of them. Yep. Uh, illicitis Pattern Assault Cannon. So he switched... Okay.
2: He he switched the Heavy Bolter for an Assault Cannon and then put Last Cannons on the sides of all
1: of them. So, yeah. So he got the Twin Link Last Cannon in all three and then Assault Cannons on them. Very cool. And then he's got a, two Xiphon Interceptors. Uh, they have Ground Tracking Auguries. On both of them. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Uh, then he has the Legion Jetbike Sky Slayer Squadron. He's got five of them. They have Volkite Colverns. And the sergeant has Meltabombs Bombs and a power weapon. Yep. That is a lot of dudes to paint. Three thousand points. Sixty dudes. Yep. Just remember to multi charge.
2: What'd you do with it, Ryan? Yep. Well, here's the thing. So he's got he's got me. Uh, don't really know what to do with it because he's like, I got to use my zyphons, right? And he has to take all these. He has to at least take two jump marine squads, and he has to put his characters with jump packs because of the drawbacks for Dave Revelation. So I can't. And I, to be honest, I like the 320 man's. It's it's pretty cool. Like it really fits his theme. So I really wouldn't want to get rid of him anyway. But the problem is he's used up all the fast attack and I can't change the troop, so it's like what do you do with it? You know what I mean? So I didn't, like, write him a whole list. This list is solid. I mean, do you really... I don't see any, like, major glaring holes in it other than pointing out that I I think that he's trying to mastercraft an already mastercrafted weapon.
1: No, no. Just those Zyphons.
2: Um, so me personally, if you can stomach it, I would drop a single Zyphon and swap it for a Fire Raptor. Because your complaints were some Marine's not going to give it over to some Imperial Navy guy or a servitor. Well, a Fire Raptor also has a Marine in it. Three Marines, actually. Yes, three Marines. So it's three guys getting to fly instead of one. Um, Let's not kid ourselves here. It's, to me, vastly superior on the tabletop. The main reason, though, that I want to switch it um, is because... I'm not a fan of Jet Bike Sky Slayers that are further upgraded beyond the multi-melta. I'm really not even a fan. Like, I'm running the Multimelta ones at Adepticon and maybe Stiff, depending on whether I can get it done, and also the Michigan event. But it's more because I like the look of the model Um, and I'm out of fast attack slots. I'm not, like, sold on them. I'll, I'll report back on it, whether it changes my mind, but I'm just doing the, melta, the Multimelta ones. I'm 100% not sold on them, at least on paper, further upgraded because of the way they copy and pasted and, in my opinion, messed up the points and didn't pay attention. So a, if you take them as a fast attack, they're like 35 points a bike, and then to upgrade to a multi-melta, it's 10 points. So if you look at the Sky Slayer guys, the multi-melta is already built into the points cost because they're already at 45 points. The problem is when they copy and pasted them over, they left the same points values that it took to upgrade the fast attack ones to the Volkite and the plasma the same. So you're paying 50 points a bike to put the Volkite Colverin on them.
1: I get you. No, I see what you're saying.
2: So I so I guess what I'm saying is if you're or if you're only if you're gonna put the Volkite Colverins on them anyway, for the same points as these five guys, you could take like six bikes as fast attack and four will have heavy bolters and two will have Volkite but you're getting an extra bike and you're still kind of doing the same thing with the same firepower. Does that make sense? And saving some points. Yep. So it's really more, I'm fine with the Zyphons really, but I, it just sucks that you don't have this extra fast slot where I can kind of fix this jet bike thing for you. But if you could stomach getting rid of one Zyphon, putting in a fire Raptor, I think you're going to end up with a cooler looking, uh, better on the tabletop model. <laughs> Anyway, and it still fits your criteria of wa- of what you're wanting a marine piloting the jet. So, take this exact same list, drop one Ziphon, put a fire raptor in it. Take these jet bikes and make them a fast attack version of the same unit with, you know, one volkite per 3 with just heavy boulders in there.
1: That sounds good, dude.
2: So, and it's it's going to give you a Little more variety in your list, and I really like the Fire Raptor a lot. It, it uh, it's to me, it's better anti air. We've went over all this, like, it, it shoots at multiple targets. Um, it can fire all of its guns, it's still got good anti tank, it's still got good anti infantry. It just you, you're if you run into certain armies that are like real infantry heavy or do certain things, the Ziphan, like, it's like there's really not an enemy plane to shoot down. The Ziphon's kind of pointless, I'll put it that way. Very true. Where the fire raptor, you're going to get use out of it no matter what you fight.
1: Yeah, I agree
2: 100%. And it's much harder to destroy being four whole points, armor 12 all the way around, all that. Like, it's just better more all
1: day, <laughs> all day, about how much.
2: <laughs> right. So, I mean, that would be the only, like, my personal thing. What I would do is, like I said, leave most of this the way you have it <laughs> um, and just do that one swap. Put, put a fire raptor in for one of the ziphons and then move those jet bikes over to fast attack and save you a little bit of points there.
1: Fuck yeah, dude. This is absolutely a dream list for me, by the way. You like it? Yeah, fuck it. I would love to play a list like this. It'd be difficult. Pretty cool. But. All the assault marines, like,
2: I mean, like, let's not, assault marines aren't great. It helps a lot with Blood Angels because with this specific rite of war, these guys come in via Deep Strike turn one. You don't have to roll. They just come in. Yeah. Which which is makes him a lot better. And then the fact that the blood angel legion rules add plus one on the tooon roll makes
1: the, him the Damocles better. is twenty four inches, right? Right. Okay, so you're getting a twelve inch boost by having the Damocles there.
2: What do you mean a twelve inch
1: boost? Because he's deep striking first turn, whereas if he were to start on the table, he would jump forward twelve inches. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So he's getting a little bit... Plus
2: plus on the turn that he deep strikes with this army, you're going to want to run immediately after you deep strike so your guys aren't aren't clumped up.
1: Yep. Just remember remember that.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, like it's that or shoot 20 bolt pistols at somebody. Like, you're going to want to run. The other thing... So the right of War... So you're talking... Assault Marines normally aren't great, but these assault Marines get to come in turn one automatically via deep strike without rolling. They get a 5-plus cover save when they arrive. No, it's Shrouded. It's better than a 5-up. It's Shrouded, right? Yeah. So if they land in cover, it's going to be a really good cover save. Um, they also get plus 1 on their 2 rolls because they're Blood Angels, and then they get plus 1 on their initiative on a turn they charge because of the right War. So normally I would shit on Assault Marines, but in this list they're pretty solid.
1: Especially with all the buffs from like the Chaplain and everything like that. I mean, right. They have feel no pain yeah Jesus. because of
2: the apothecaries yeah it's going to be it's pretty pretty cool so um yeah i like it if you're going to take assault marines this is one of the few lists they work in this but here's like going back to the melt the multibombing argument this list doesn't work without multibombing no. you would never see anything like this without
1: it people would be sitting inside their av14 land raiders just laughing right. So, so if you hate variety
2: and you hate seeing cool lists like this, by all means, only use one melt bomb. I guess that's what I'm saying.
1: Do you remember when you could outnumber a tank, and if you outnumbered it by double its armor value, you did a, you did a whole point no, to it. I don't remember that. You did a glancing hit. I,
2: I'm, yeah, I don't, I don't oh, know. Okay. I played a lot of additions, man. I don't remember that specific rule. Okay. I don't. I I remember there was that like that outnumbering mechanic where if you outnumbered by so many, you did like, or, like when marine marines used to have that thing where they had they shall no fear so they didn't break, but you did like extra hits to them. Yeah. Instead, like the the no retreat thing where when something was fearless or whatever and lost, it just took a bunch of free hits even yep. though it didn't break. That that was probably what you're talking about. It was probably worked in there.
1: Yeah, I think so. I'm trying to remember what edition it was. But yeah, it was if you outnumbered the vehicle by double its armor value. If you had that many like in base to base combat or in combat with it then.
2: I remember walkers used to be worth like 10 models like in combat and stuff like for purposes of counting all this up for outnumbering and shit like that.
1: Yeah. That'd be so. the only way it would make ever make sense again.
2: But anyway, um yeah, I really I really like this army. I wouldn't if you if you're 100% stuck on the Xiphons. It's fine. I would just leave it alone. Uh, other than the, I think you, that you've double mastercrafted the weapon. You, Michael's going to owe me a dollar when you respond. I can feel it in my bones. Yeah. We'll um, that. <laughs> but it, if you're willing to uh, make some changes, just I, I think doing this, the little ones that I was talking about, will make it slightly better.
3: <clears throat> That's be
2: it's one of those things. Like once you, once you use the Fire Raptor. You're going to be like, a Zyphon? What? 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 What did I own this? A Zyphon? Oh, sh- I forgot. Like three years later, you're going to be digging around your closet and find a fucking Zyphon you discarded in there because you like this Fire Raptor better. And you're going to be like, oh, I didn't even- I forgot I even own this.
1: I have two Zyphons that I haven't. I don't even know what they are. There's some guy online talking about Zyphons, and I was like, you want, you want two of them? You want to borrow two of them to try and play with before you buy your own? I'll send you mine to play with. He's like, what, are you serious? I was like, yeah, man, it was Parker Reed. I was like, yeah, man, I'll send you the zyphens if you want them. He never took me up on the offer, but like, that's how much, like, I don't use my zyphens. <laughs> uh, oh,
2: we had one more. I do want to address this. And yeah. I, I'm sorry, so Paul Shaw sent us in a Thousand Sons list. He sent us a list, and he, he sends it to me, and it didn't have the whole attachment. It just had one page. So I emailed him back and was like, hey, man, I didn't get your whole list. I only got one page but I didn't really like look at what it was. So then he emails me back with this whole list, and then he goes through the trouble of emailing me a whole other list because something was wrong. So he sent me three lists. That being said, I finally looked at it when I got around to it after doing these other ones, and it's a Thousand Sons list. So not to be mean or whatever, or and I hope you don't get mad, Paul. Please don't. You're getting a new book in a month with all new rules, With all new units, all new characters, all new whatever. So, I don't, like, don't be writing lists right now. Like, just ignore it. Like, wait a month, be a patient. Like, for me to go through and do all this list and give you any advice, whatever, like, it's going to be pointless in a month because we don't know what rules you're going to get. It's going to fundamentally change whatever I tell you to do more than likely. So, just wait. Wait a month and then resubmit your list after the new rules come out and we'll go over it. And also, anybody else out there that's thinking about sending in a list for future episodes, um, don't send me a Thousand Suns list or a Space Wolf list <laughs> before they get rules, because i i don't I don't want to go over it, because it, it's it's not going to teach you anything. It's not gonna it's not gonna help anybody out. I guess because everything's going to change here extremely soon.
1: Yeah, basically it's like sending a request for a list that, yeah. Like, what would you play without a Legion? Okay. Probably suggest suggest Black Shields at that point.
2: What are you talking about?
1: Like, Black Shields, like, just to try and, like, make up for the difference, like, speculation-wise, like, just run, like, a Black Shields list until you get... Oh, Just running with no Legion is kind of rough. Right, right. Well, I mean, I could do
2: that, but, I mean, like... I, I would understand if we'd have got this a year ago and it's going to go a whole year and he wants me to write him a generic list, but there's like, are you? He's, there's no way he's going to continue to play a generic list when he gets rules. I don't think anybody's going to do that. So, anyway, just wait a month and then write something up and resubmit it and I'll, I promise I'll go over it. There you go. After they get rules.
1: Sweet-ass rules. All right, so... We're gonna do a little bit, little something different here, guys. Uh, It's something we've kind of talked about doing, and we kind of mentioned doing it, but like Ryan, like pulled the trigger this episode. He's like, "Hey, we're gonna knock this shit out." So Ryan has a wheel. Ryan, go and spin the wheel so people can hear the wheel. It's a legit little fucking wheel. We wrote all the podcast names on this wheel. Um, Ryan, do you want to read (laughs) off the podcast name?
2: I'm laughing at who it landed on. Oh. landed on Eye of Horus who just already got the, the anyway um, <laughs> so the so written on this wheel we got Eye of Horus, Northern Heresy Varangian Heresy Don't Lose Your Head Covenant of Fire Combat Phase Loaded Dice Geno 5-2 Age of Darkness Sons of Heresy Seize the Initiative The Independent Characters The 30k Channel Mr. David Brains and most importantly to most people out there a listener.
1: So this is what's going on guys. So if we roll this wheel, we're going to spin this wheel, right? Whatever podcast we land on, we're going to send them a cultural exchange, you know, box that has like fun either American or if they're in the states like seize initiative and we're going to send them Regional, food, regional, regional foods, regional snacks. And all that and all that jazz. All right. And we're going to send that out and all that stuff to the, the podcast guys. We're in communication with all the guys that you hear on the wheel, so we're going to send them some fun stuff, some great things like that. Now, here's where it matters to you guys. If it lands on the listener portion of this, which there's a listener area there, now we're going to pick one of you guys to send this cultural exchange package to. Now I bet you're asking yourself, but Michael, how are you going to get the names to send this to? Well, listener and Ryan, <laughs> it's very simple. What I'm going to do is I'm going to post this episode, episode 36. I'm going to post it on our Facebook page. And it's going to sit there. It's just a link to how to listen to us and all that stuff. And all you have to do is just go share that link. Everybody who shares that link is put into the pool for who gets to get chosen for you have to the,
2: like our page or have liked our page in the past and share the link
1: and share the link guys and that way all you have to do is just and this this will work for the next episode so I'm going to post this link for this episode 36 onto the Facebook right now and if you share that link episode 37 when we spin the wheel because we're going to spin this wheel as much as we can so we get tired of sending out fucking food then yep. you will get put into the listener pool and get some fun regional stuff if you're in America, or crazy international food if you're in another another country. And then Ryan's uh, Ryan's wife gets to do fun research for your little area. I feel yep. like it it benefits she her too. It.
2: She likes it. Oh, so before we spin this thing, so the Eye of Horus got theirs, and they they in their last episode. Their big long uh, season-ending one. They broke down all the food that they tried.
1: They actually so, called in last episode to our podcast and left a voicemail yeah. while they're eating that. What did Ryan? What did what did uh, Tim their say? Their
2: favorite. Their favorite thing. It sounds like their absolute favorite thing was the kettle corn.
1: Yeah, he said they like meth. There was meth in there. So I think is what they meth said.
2: I going off what they said. I think their second favorite thing was the Butterfinger bar.
1: What? Even though it was in their teeth and everything? That's crazy. Yep.
2: They liked it. They liked the Butterfinger bar. So I they guess. liked the corn and the butter. They said that the Teddy Grahams, they have something called like Little Teddies that tastes exactly the same as Teddy Grahams. Motherfuckers. <laughs> yeah. Did they make a s'more though? Did they ever make a s'more? They haven't made a s'more yet. Okay. So I want to say I said Butterfinger. So I wasn't I wasn't right, but I was close to right. You said Teddy Grahams, which wasn't even, you didn't even make the cut, bro. Well, I didn't know they had they Teddy Grahams. I didn't know they had They them. don't. They have little teddies or Which whatever. Which is the, the same thing.
1: Which is the same thing. Like, come <laughs> on now. <laughs> Nobody uh, could have known. Nobody. But anyway, if, if,
2: you, if, you guys, if, if you guys want some of this uh, Indiana kettle corn or these, what were those? Zach brought up some things that my wife like, set and ate the whole bag. I hardly got any. Those beaver nuggets.
1: Beaver nuggets, yeah.
2: Yeah, so if you want beaver nuggets or Indiana kettle corn,
1: Beaver Nuggets to get in are fucking good. They're kind of like Cracker like, Jack, but better.
2: They're very similar to... uh, They're they're pretty much like uh, like you said, like caramel corn. Pretty close.
1: I was talking about those Beaver Nuggets, but yeah.
2: That's what I meant. That's what I was saying. Beaver Nuggets are like caramel oh, corn. Oh, did you get some? Yeah. Zach brought them up here. Oh, what would you think? I ate like five and then my wife ate the rest of the bag, I think.
1: <laughs> okay. So anyway, are you ready to spin that wheel <laughs>
2: yeah i'm ready do you want me to turn the camera so you can see it so you know i'm not cheating yeah sure can you see that i see it Guys, It's at the top there can he's legit it?
1: not cheating do it i can film this like legit film it it's okay uh what
2: does that say oh did i was yeah, it you here you clicked it yep. oh fuck i touched
1: it <laughs> It was caught in the middle, guys. There's no way it could have been anybody.
2: Um, well, fuck. Um, yeah. It's I, it. Now it's bad, because I screwed somebody over. Oh, well. Anyway, the second spin, because the first one was a mulligan, is the Age of Darkness podcast.
1: Age of Darkness podcast. All right. So, we're going to be sending some fun stuff over to Age of Darkness podcast. Go check them out, guys. Actually, everybody that we've mentioned, go check them out. They're great podcasts all around. If you like us, then you'll definitely like every single one of them. But yep. so, Age of Darkness, man, that's uh, Canada, right? Yep. It's JP. JP, man. Got to send JP some fun stuff. Got some shit that'll get stuck in his beard. Oh, we. Oh, okay. I know what we can send him. Okay. We were supposed to send jp stuff already or yeah. i was uh the, the cheese yeah. things the cheat the what are they called uh, combos combos he's already
2: had combos but he said he had pizza combos we can send him different we'll get the variety pack of combos
1: yeah okay i'll get a box of combos actually you know what i'll order some combos from sam's club and i'll send them to your sam's club do you have a sam's club membership
2: uh no i have costco
1: oh damn okay never mind see this
2: is my pinky out it's <laughs> this is, this is not. No,
1: I'm just playing. Um, no, but I do have a I have a Costco membership. All right, well, I'll just send something to your house, and uh, we'll get this worked out.
2: Oh, real quick, have you ever heard of? I, I think we talked about just that cookie butter stuff. No, I saw you post on that. I didn't know what the fuck it was though. Oh, holy fuck, dude! I don't even know how to describe it. It's the texture of peanut butter. It's so you know those like they're really good. They're like they look like an Oreo, but they're like vanilla flavored. They're like a vanilla cookie with, like, Oreo filling in them, but they're, like, always off-brand. Yeah, yeah. You like the, You Don't you think those are good? Yeah, they're good. Imagine putting a ton of those in a blender and just blending it up till it's the texture of peanut butter. And I think there's some other stuff in there, and then you can smear it on things and eat it.
1: What all did you smear it on?
2: Nothing. I just fucking ate the jar with a spoon, but... <laughs> oh, j- <laughs> okay. <laughs> no, I didn't eat the whole thing. Um, my wife was making... Um what did she make? You can put it on to- you can just make toast and smear it on there. It's a pretty good dessert. I forget what she put it on. She put it on something. She was making like uh you can put it like on a piece of cake or a cupcake. I think she put some on a cupcake. Um you can use it for lots of stuff, man. It's good. Damn good. It's called cookie butter.
1: Well fuck me, dude. I have to go get some. Go it's down, li- run to the H E B.
2: Um. The, well, pretty said
1: that they have like H E like.
2: I don't know if it's like a thing. I don't know if there's like a big national company that makes them. Like the one that I have is this Meyer brand. It's like Meyer, the store chain. Right. Just Meyer Cookie Brother. Chris said that he had the H E B version and everybody else liked it and he didn't. So I told him to lose my friend, lose my number. We can't be friends anymore. <laughs> it's just like tastes drastically different because there's something wrong with that man if he doesn't think it's good because it's very good. Um, I discovered this after I sent that stuff to Eye of Horus. I would have sent them some, but we can send a uh, JP some
1: some cookie butter,
2: cookie butter. So oh, <laughs> don't we'll do eat the, all in one sitting. We'll do the kettle corn. I think that sounds like it's a big hit. So I'll do the kettle corn. We'll do some combos. We'll put some cookie butter in there. We'll we'll do some more research on shit they have in Canada. The problem is like Canada is like really the fifty first state. Pretty much have everything we have, and we have everything they have. Yeah. For the mo- so, I don't know. We'll figure something out, though. We got it, man. There's got to be something we have that
1: they don't have. We got you, JP. We'll take care of you. Get ready. Prepare your stomach. Start... My body My <laughs> body is ready. <laughs> Start purging now. So, because we're making up the rules as
2: we go along. So, so since uh, JP and Age of Darkness. Well, Age of Darkness, JP. Who's his co-host's name? I forget. Mark? I think it's mark maybe yeah i think so anyway i don't remember um so what are we going to do are we going to erase them off there and like fill in another visitor or listener panel where it like becomes more and more likely for listeners to win or something
1: yeah that sounds like a brilliant idea good job
2: we can leave it blank like spin again come back and ask later
1: no i like the listener. Maybe,
2: maybe they're just banned they're like you can't win like you have to go three spins before you win again or something
1: I like the listener one.
2: Just fill it in with listener. We can yeah. do that.
1: Yeah, let's do that.
2: There's gonna be some poor podcast that's like it's like getting stuck in Yahtzee where you only need like the one fucking role that you just <laughs> get stuck. It would be like, we'll be doing this podcast for like five fucking years and like they haven't won. It's like the, it's like visitor all the way around the fucking wheel and it's just them and they haven't won.
1: I dig it, dude. I like I like listeners getting a better and better chance to win. We'll do that. To win sweet, sweet international foods or regional, we'll see.
2: I cheated the Swedes. It landed in between two Swedish podcasts and I touched the wheel without because I was trying to look at it in the camera that you were seeing to hold the camera steady. And then I reached over to see where the red thing was and bumped the wheel and I heard it click and I don't remember who it was on. So we screwed somebody over, but we'll make it up to him.
1: <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Sorry, Freddie. Sorry, or, sorry, or, Jens. sorry, or Jens. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> they're all they're listening right now, going fuck. What the fuck? fuck we could have got a package of food. They're they're fucking smashing on that messenger right now. Get fucked, drag Kim will say in your lane. <laughs> they're you all fat, fat fucking figures. <laughs> yeah,
3: pretty much. Yeah, sorry,
2: my bad. Technical difficulties.
1: Well, all right, guys. That's gonna be it for this episode. Uh, go share the link we're going to throw up on the Facebook page to get your chance to win some sweet, sweet food. And, uh, this is totally not 30K related. I love that. <laughs> it's just like, what, just random oh, ass food. giving away food. <laughs> um, I don't know. If listeners,
2: these podcast guys, they don't need any fucking models. They got plenty of models. If listeners win, we could throw some models in. I don't give a fuck. They can choose. We'll say they can choose food or models. How about that? Okay. You want to do that?
1: Yeah, I got models I can throw in boxes.
2: We can make up. It's our fucking game. We can make up the rules. We can do whatever the fuck we want. I'll send them socks. I'll <laughs> send them an apple. I'll send them whatever the fuck I want. It's free stuff. Throw <laughs> it away s- if you don't want it.
1: It's free. <laughs> I'll, s- I'll send you the porno that got left in the fucking DVD player. DVD and my father and lost realtor. house. <laughs> the realtor,
2: yeah, and the pi- unwashed pillowcase.
1: I need you to get a snap of like that DVD, by the way, just so we can have that picture on file. <laughs> <laughs> I need I need to know what movie it was. <laughs> <laughs>
3: <laughs> <laughs>
1: all right, oh, guys. that's
2: funny. We
1: well, all have a good one. Hope you all have a good Happy New Year's or had a Happy New Year's. By the time you listen to this, it'll already be a brand new year's. Some people already like Tim. It's already 2017 over there. I bet you, this... yeah, s-
2: fuck, fuckers from the future. <laughs> he's got a uh, dissociative identity disorder and thinks he's two people already, and he's from the future, like. <laughs> I mean, come on, man. You can't make this shit up.
1: There's nothing we can do. Yeah. We love you, Tim. (laughs) All right, guys. Y'all have a good one. All right. Later, guys.